I'm glad we're connecting. Yeah, it's long overdue, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's going on, everybody? I've got my, I want to say new friend Jess here, but I feel like we've been old friends in a past lifetime. It's really, it's really weird because every time I'd hear her speak, um, we connected on Instagram, and every time I would hear her speak, it just really resonated with me, right? I think we've all got somebody out there or people out there that we just hear them talk. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I really feel what they're saying. And you were one of those people. So I'm glad we're actually able to have a conversation now. I appreciate that, brother. And certainly it's not the, the first time that we meet. Definitely. We got some, some lifetimes where timelines, right? Because everything is, is truly like non-linear so it's all happening right here right now yeah yeah i definitely believe that and i've been playing something weird in my mind a kind of idea i've had i almost think that we pl we pre-plan everything before we get here right so like me and you probably already spoke and we're like hey at at this point or around this point in life if we take this turn and that turn we'll meet up and we'll do this this that you know that kind of thing so that's the that's the weird play I have on free will and fate or, you know, destiny. I kind of play with it like that as, you know, we have free will, but maybe not as much as we think in this lifetime, but maybe our plan before this lifetime. So we've probably planned to meet and uh, with my planning, it took us a few times to, to finally get on the call. But. You know, I completely resonate with that. And I wanted to add something to that is that, you know, the whole destiny thing, how it really rolls out is, I mean, even just when we look at our like birth chart, right? Everything mm. is already like planned. There's a blueprint, right? Now we can make choices and it all depends on the nature of ourself, right? Mm. And, and how it's going to play out. So it's just like, you know, you have your personality and your weights and then you're presented with the situation and you have like, you know, three paths, right? Mm. And, you know, that those three paths will eventually lead you to the same finish line. But each path is its own, like, mystery, its own lessons. So just like you said, right, is this like sometimes it takes us a little bit longer because we might just take the other path. And then that path took us along this really long ride, this roller yeah. coaster. But eventually, you, you know, we make it. Would you compare it to like almost like one of those the books, you know, growing up and you'd read and you can make the decisions in a chapter book and it's like, oh, you know, you get to one of these like horror books and like turn to page 33 or turn to page 59. So it's almost like it'll lead you the same way, but different routes, like a maze, right? Like I think it's like, you know, you can take this turn. We're all trying to get to the center, the balance, but I think we can make a bunch of different turns i don't know free will always trips me up because i've had a lot of um i've had a lot of psychedelic experiences that prove otherwise you know that really say look look we're not in control as much as we think you know we're a species that's obsessed with control and so i think it's a big reminder that maybe it's both right a lot of things tend to always be both and so maybe it's a, a little bit who knows right that's kind of the fun mystery with just doing and being a part of all this is that, you know, we, we may never really know. We can feel what we feel, but we will never really truly know. And I don't think we're supposed to, you know, it's kind of this hide and seek game. And if we found it, then we'll mm -hmm. find that. Exactly. And what I feel personally, it's more so like the beauty is that 
it's a mystery and mm. we have to learn to love that mystery and to learn to understand how the universe works right how we work and when we try to control something it's just like this right when we're manifesting things never will it will never go exactly as you plan it but if you have your intention set if you know your why if you are set and you know your why you can have all the obstacles come in your life right things won't go according to plan but because you have the intention and you know your why you will succeed mm. it's just that it won't look like how you plan it because we have we're in a world where we are affected by the collective right so everyone outside of us right they all impact our own reality just like when you're driving outside you're in the car right somebody else could be having a bad day they could be speeding angry and you can just be a innocent driver you mm -hmm. know on a red light and bam you get hit now it may seem wow like this is tragic right but here's the thing before you got hit right before someone that person got hit by that person who was carelessly driving right it all may seem like it was an accident but in reality there's something to that and that's called karma you know there's something mm. choices that we made that led us there and maybe we had some contract with that soul that crashed into us or somehow some way we were connected to that moment and that had to happen and then something else comes out of that hmm. let's unpack that because i always love hearing you talk about these topics and i feel like you you know, you, you explain or express them really clearly. And, you know, I think it makes you a really good teacher. So talk, talk to me a little bit about manifestation. You know, what, what is your thoughts, right? Cause you hear a lot of people talk about manifestation. And again, that's something that's always tripped me up is, you know, how much do we really get to manifest? And if we do get to manifest, like some of the esoteric teachings tell us and some of the clues tell us that we, we are creators as very much as we are creation, um, you know, how do we, how do we do that? And what does that look like? You know, everybody wants to see kind of like a how to book and I never think it's that easy. Um, but I actually watched a video the other day and he, and I can't remember, you'd, you'd know him if you saw him, the, uh, Indian guy with a big beard. Um, <laughs> that's vague. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. uh, who, uh, what's his name again? Yeah. Um, Sadhu, uh, Sadhu, I forgot his name right now, but Sadhu, yeah. Popular, I know. Yeah, like I've, mm -hmm. I watched, and then somebody sent me one of him talking about manifestation. He said, Sadhu Guru, there yes, we go. Yeah, <laughs> and it's four, it's four things. So one, um, he said it's your focus. And then the second part, he said, so you control your focus, then you control your emotions, then you can control your energy, then you can control your body. So they, it's, it's in that sequence, that's how he put it. First focus. Um, then your emotions, then your energy, then your body. So once all those three are done, your body kind of, and that's when they say, you know, you're in that flow state, but, but break down to me, what's your thoughts on manifestation, what's your experience with manifestation and how have you seen yourself utilize manifestation and what's that look like? That's a beautiful question. And I would like to take it even further, um, than the beginning focus, right? Um, I think that's a very important one uh, before we even get to uh, manifestation is in the beginning, right? There's a seed. The seed carries the information, the intention of that seed, hmm. right? So everything is already inside of that seed, right? Hmm. 
So you plant that seed with the intention, like you're the gardener, right? You have the seed and you have the intention and you know that seed's potential, right? So you set the environment, you cultivate the land, you grow with love, right? The same thing is within our own self, right? The seed of mm. creation, which we are that seed of creation. And within us, we have our blueprint, right? And it's in a way like we were talking about like destiny, right? Our nature. We acquire our nature throughout time. As in when we have, you know, we go through multiple, you know, infinite creations, right? So we're all part of the whole, right? But within that whole, we have individual aspects, just like a body, right? Mm -hmm. And we have cells and we have different aspects of our body, but we all need all of these parts to move, right? So each part, each cell, each being, each seed plays a part in the creation of the, the manifestation, right? Because this is what life, life is manifestation. What mm -hmm. we see is the manifestation of the seed of creation. So even the word manifestation, if we look at the two root words is ma, M-A is ma, the mother, you know, the material. Mm -hmm. So for us, when we're going into the manifestation process, you know, there's different aspects. When we're unconscious, we manifest health. Why is that? Because our whole life, right? Um, we're, we're in the darkness. We don't know. We don't know that our actions have reactions and how they impact us and others. So we're manifesting tragedy, chaos, sadness, right? And how does that manifest? It can manifest through series of diseases. And one is, um, you know, mental illness, right? We can create these distortions. So that's like the low frequency of manifesting what you don't want when you're not in alignment, right? When we're carrying a lot of pain within our DNA that has been passed on eons and eons. And when we're born into this world, we don't know it. We don't know that we are master manifestors, that we've tapped into this because we don't know. So we manifest pain. Hmm. When we begin to awaken to the reality everything that we're seeing is an illusion, right? It's a projection of the internal. Mm -hmm. Then we begin to say, wow, hold on. So, you know, it's not just uh, that I'm just floating in this, you know, piece of rock in the middle of the, you know what I mean? We begin sure. to connect and realize, and then we begin to awaken our multi-dimensionality. And then this is when we can activate the power of manifesting what we actually desire. So what does that mean? That means that the focus part, right? So once we realize, okay, I'm not the body, you know, I create my reality. I have control over it, but what does that mean, right? What does that mean? So what that means is that your nature that you've acquired through many, many lifetimes and all timelines that are right here, right now, you know, in this moment, like, you know, you as Lee, me as Jess, right? We've already acquired a nature that has led us, for instance, you know, we've had this problem, right? With the diagnosis of a mental disorder mm -hmm. at its lowest because we don't know the power of our mind and we've become a victim of our mind. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we've created 
madness. So when we realize, hold on, you know, let me get clear. So then first we have to go through the healing process and realize that we have been programmed. You know, this right here, our mind can either be our best friend or our enemy, right? So we clear out because again, we've acquired a nature. That's karma, right? We've acquired a nature due to our past lives and what we're here to learn. So as we're clearing this out, you know, clearing our consciousness, becoming conscious and aware, now we can realize that, wow, we've been living a nightmare. I have created, I have manifested a nightmare. Now I'm ready to clean it up and I'm ready now to manifest the life that I came here to experience. So as we align ourselves to our soul, our remembering that we're not this body, right? We're remembering that we're beyond the family that we were born in, that we're all one and this is actually our creation. Then we begin to focus, right? We, we learn to focus on the positive things because a lot of us come from a very negative mindset where we're just focusing on the negativity, right? Because we're surrounded by it. So then we begin to change the way that we think because when your mind is cluttered, if you have a cup full of muddy water, you can't pour clean water in it because it's still going to be dirty. You got to empty it out. You got to clean up the cup so then you can pour in pure water. And that's pure consciousness. When we purify our mind, it purifies our heart. It purifies our being. And then we can become clear vessels to manifest because now we've cleared out all of the clutter, all of the toxic programming that has created the distortions that we've lived in, that mm. we've manifested. So as we're clearing the mirror, right, of the mind, we can reflect back beauty because now we realize that our mind does create reality and we do have control. And, and this is a power. So, you know, we focus ourselves and we align our actions, right? And we become very aware of our emotions because a lot of times we can manifest something and we want to focus on, okay, I want to, you know, manifest, you know, the best living space. I want to live heaven on earth. But if within yourself, you haven't healed from this nature that you've acquired that creates hell, you can manifest yourself in a beautiful home, in a beautiful environment, but you're going to bring that hell with you and you're going to manifest hell all over again. That's why it's very important for us to be aware of the emotions, mm. to clear our emotions. What is emotion is energy, energy and motion. So this is the importance of aligning every aspect of our being, right? Our mind, our heart, our soul, our actions. So then whatever we're doing is in alignment with our highest. And we're not creating, once again, trauma. And that's mm. the power of manifestation. But we have to first, just like, um, like food, right? Food that's the, the genetics of the food has been modified and changed. So the same thing within ourselves. You know, we have to go into this uh, cleansing of self, like this renewal. So we don't produce the same nightmare. Because that's, that's what everyone's doing. Everyone is manifesting and no one realizes it. But everyone has manifested. And this is why the world is in the state that it is now. So it sounds like the way you're putting it, the removal is just as important as the, uh, the attraction. 
because without yes. the decluttering and without the removal, you can't necessarily, you know, it's like hoarding, right? You can't bring in new things or new furniture or new whatever. If you've got boxes and old furniture and clutter, you know, all in your room or in your space. Exactly. And that's what it is because when, when we're still cluttered, what's happening is that things will manifest again, things that are, are triggers because it, it activates emotions within us that then if we're not aware of it, right, it then creates a similar reaction that we've had before. So the, the key here to really manifest is we got to clear ourselves, right? Purify ourselves, purify ourselves and really like really be more conscious of ourselves and everything that we do, every interaction, every thought, every moment and harnessing more and more every single day, continuously more presence, mm -hmm. more love, more awareness, more intention. When we do that, your whole life, you're manifesting all the time because no matter what's happening around you, even if someone on the outside, right, can come in and try to like pop your bubble and throw their toxicness. But if you are so aware and you yourself, you know, you've raised your vibrations enough to not allow that type of energy, your energy field will actually repulse that back out. Mm. So no matter where you are, right, you're still going to be in your power, in your energy, in your bubble. And then by continuously doing that, day in, day out, you manifest yourself in a high frequency place because first, for us to heal, right, it's the shadow work. That's the subconscious. We can't manifest beauty if our subconscious is full of traumas and fear and shadows, right? We have to confront the shadows, sit with them many, many times. So then this is the full awareness because then when we have triggers or something comes up, immediately you're accessing, okay, I know what this is. I know what kind of work I need to do. I know what I need to confront. And you no longer relate to the feeling you know that you're not the emotion you're the observer mm. so therefore when we you know like a lot of us that have suffered with um you know uh mental disorder diagnosed whatever you want to call it a mental challenge a lot of us we're so gifted and it's just because the system has failed us because they can't comprehend abstract and multi-dimensionality mm. So then we feel victimized, like, oh, I'm screwed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck like this for the rest of my life and I have to take this pill. So right then and there, what do they do? They take your power away because they say, you can't change. This is you. Mm. That's a good way to put it. I've never, I mean, I've thought about it in a similar way, but I've never thought about it exactly like that because I, I agree because I've always said, and hell, what I've learned is that people with mental health disorders, quote unquote, right, they tend to have a lot of power, a lot of mental power, because, you know, I'm a big fan of like hermetic philosophy, right? I'm sure you are too, as so as above, so below. And then, but mentalism, everything is mental. So if everything is mind and not just this material mind that we think of the brain, but everything mental, like you just said, the emotions, the thoughts, the focus, all that stems from that conscious awareness. And so they can, you know, they or whoever can infiltrate that at the very beginning, knowingly or unknowingly, right? 
Um, that's what happens. And that's what's amazing with everything that kind of goes on because, and I want to get in this with you too, with your history. Um, but that just really resonated with me because when I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive, I mean, they basically were like, look, he needs to be medicated. Um, he's not going to live a normal life. Too many disorder. I mean, I was licking floors. I was like washing my hands so he would bleed. I was like taking a shower every time I had to take a poop, like crazy stuff. Right. Like, and they gave me the wrong medication, almost gave me a heart attack. And so right then and there, my mom was like, okay. And she's not holistic anything. Like if anything, she's very unhealthy um, in terms of diet. I'm not trying to throw out, throw anything negative out there, but as far as like food and stuff, which she's aware of, it's just, you know, over years and years, it's just, it's, it's hard to break sometimes. And, you know, it's, it's, but for her, something clicked, right? And something told her like, okay, this isn't the path. This isn't the right way. And, you know, I went from psychologist to psychologist and with no medication my entire journey, except for one time I took Zoloft in college and it turned me into like this mouse, you know, into this book cover. I was just a, a dud, um, even more so than I even was because I was already trying to escape my own mind to begin with. And so you take these numbing medications that supposedly mimic serotonin or whatever right and i don't i think it's an illusion right no different than the placebo effect when we give people pills and we're like oh you're gonna get cured and then you know like joe Dispenza and all these people talking about like look you've been taking sugar pills or the power of your mind just believing that you're getting better you're getting better so i i i i'm really glad you brought that up because it's something that i rarely one ever hear people say and two you know, we're so stuck on like, oh, if that person has a white coat on and they come from this background, they know what they're talking about. But what we fail to realize is those people have been taught and told what to know, no different than anybody that's acquired any other information that hasn't come from yourself. So what that means is that everything we pretty much know or say is like regurgitated information. And we all do it, right? We all take bits of information and share that. But what happened to original thought? What happened to actually, like you said, exploring your own mind, doing the shadow work, doing the fasting, doing whatever is subjective to you that gets you in a place where your information that's coming out is yours alone. And so I think that was a really good way of putting that and bringing that to light. Um, Because again, man, I don't hear people talking about that at all. So it really makes me feel good to to have somebody realize that and say that. so I want to touch on a, a few things before we die, because I'm really excited to hear deeper into your story. But since we're on the manifestation kick, um, talk to me a little bit about uh, unconscious uh, manifestation, right? So like you say, we're always manifesting because a lot of times you, you people, you, you see it with material things like, oh, I just manifested this house or I just manifested new clients. And it's always the big things that tend to correlate with money, you hear a lot of people talk about manifestation, you know, even in the spiritual communities, I think a lot of people fall in the trap of just being in that loop. But like you said, we're manifesting 24 seven. I don't think it's something, you know, I think that was a really good point. It's not something that has like an on and off switch. It's something that's constantly going and, and shooting out this, this reality. So talk to me a little bit about that and your experience about, unconscious manifestation and and maybe how you can overcome that and also how even if you are aware say you practice all things because i even i'm guilty of that i'm we're aware of all these things but we fall in the trap every now and then right and then 
we get in these little loopholes. Um, but like you said, it's about revisiting. So just talk to me a little bit about that. Beautiful. It's a great question. I'm, I'm going to take it back actually to a very powerful time for me where I began to really feel into the power of my mind. So I'm going to take it back to my unconscious days, right? Um, 2015. This was the year of an ending of a very, very toxic relationship that I was in. And the funny thing here is that everything that I feared, I manifested in this relationship. This girl was everything that I didn't want to experience. But because I had no self-love, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what a healthy relationship was. So you just go with what you're used to, right? Oh, okay, there's a physical attraction. Um, and then you just look at the physical, right? All the superficial things. Mm -hmm. And then you don't really listen to your heart. You don't really know what to look in when you're actually connecting with someone because you're unconscious. Again, you're just robotic. So I got in this relationship and I had all the red flags, but I ignored them. So for three years, living unconsciously throughout those three years, I lived in another hell again. You know, mm -hmm. I was a prisoner in this relationship. I was in the closet. Everything I feared again, like for instance, um, you know, coming out of the closet was very hard for me as I didn't accept myself. And I went through a hard time accepting myself. And then finally, when I was like thinking I'm okay with it, I manifested my fears. I manifested a girl and I said to myself that I would never be with a girl who was in the closet. She's in the closet. Everything I said I wouldn't, she was at. Hmm. But because I had no self-love, I manifested her because it was, she was a reflection of all of my fears that I had not confronted, but I didn't know. So in 2015, towards the end, I had this realization and I read this book called um, Conversations with God. And it was a very powerful book because I hadn't read for years and I was running from the tr my truth for 10 years. And we'll go into that later on, but I was running from everything spiritual because my past, it was my past and it was haunting me. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to be like, I just wanted to be seen as a thug, leave me alone. I don't, you know, I don't believe in anything. Don't mess with me. So this was what I was putting out. I was putting on a huge front. So I manifested everything that was in my subconscious. All of my fears were always in front of me. So in 2015, right, when I began to feel like I was entering a new stage, something inside of me, like a, ta a clock was ticking, a time clock was ticking. And I felt it. And I, I was just like, whoa, what is this? Like, I thought I was going, you know, losing my mind again, like having, you know, acid flashbacks or something. But inside of me, I felt like I'm losing it, but I need something to hold on to. And mm. this is when I manifested back again. I was in, in Haight-Nashbury, San Francisco, and I'm driving around. And something was calling me back as much as I was running away from that place because we'll get into that, right? And then I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm going to find something here. I feel it. I feel it. I need something to, I need to, I need something that's going to help me. I don't want to, I was just thinking like, I don't want to go crazy. I don't want to lose myself because she was making me go crazy. And at this point, I didn't know what to do. So I walked in Hate Nashbury and I wasn't looking for drugs like the past, but I was looking for something. Some, I felt like I was going to have a sign and I walked into this bookstore and I felt, okay. I'm here. I'm going to find something. There's answers from here. And then the first book that I see is Conversations with God. Immediately, I grabbed that book. As much as back then, I had a major trigger with the word God, but mm. it called me. And when I read it and I opened it, I cried. I was like, and I knew it. I'm buying this book. 
So I manifested that book without even being conscious of it, right? And that was the beginning. Actually, that, this is the manifestation again, right? It's like how things happen. So I manifested this relationship unconsciously. And it was all of my fears, all of my traumas. She was, a, she was my father. Like all the traumas from my father, all the traumas that I um, acquired growing up, she was that reminder for me. And everything about that relationship, I felt constipated within it because I couldn't express myself. I couldn't speak. I couldn't be me because she didn't like me. Mm. So when I read this book, I couldn't put it down. I read it in one day. I was so obsessed. I could not put the book down because in that moment, it was the only escape from the madness that I was in. And the words were soothing me because this was a different description of God, right? Because I was so tired of people trying to throw the Bible at me. And I never saw the divine the way that the Bible described Right? Mm. I always felt a connection. And so when I read conversations with God, it was like I was speaking to myself. And this shifted everything for me. So after that, I began to realize I can't live like this anymore. I want to love myself. And then from literally like tuning into that frequency, this gave me the courage actually to break up fully with her and say, you know what? I am dedicating my life to knowing who I am, I'm going to love myself because I just realized, I realized after those three years that I didn't love myself. I was, and, and I had that realization through the reading and how I felt within me. And it was again, that, that inner clock that went off on me. So from there, what happened is we broke up, we cut it all out. I felt so free. And then I became so obsessed with personal development. And then I began to change the way that I saw life because I was a pessimist. I hated everything. I hated myself. I was so angry. And I began to change. So I began to shift my focus. Instead of focusing on what I hate and my fears and how I don't deserve to be happy and how no one understands me, I began to cultivate an attitude of gratitude every single day, focusing on what I want to experience and focusing on loving myself, focusing on just being so grateful and focusing all of my attention on what am I here to learn? How can I better myself? So when I shifted everything, my entire attitude changed. In just one month, I then began to like shift my whole life and I had all this passion to like help people, right? And in seven months, in seven months, okay, this was December 2015, on July 2016, I'm sitting at my psychiatrist's office and he's looking at me and he's like, you know what? You look really great. Maybe we should lower your dose because you're on a really high dose. And in that moment, I had a little bit of fear in me because I was like, whoa, like I'm finally like feeling good and I don't want to lose it. But then I was, then I, and right, I had this switch that went just you have hated medication since you've been a teenager. You've been waiting for this opportunity. Mm. So in that moment, I said, how about this, doctor? Can we work this whole month on dropping me off completely off the medication? And if I ever feel that I need to take this medication, trust me, I will be the first one to contact you guys so I could get back on because I don't want to lose all the work that I've been doing. And to this day, I don't need any medication. It's almost mm. four years now. Almost, actually, August. August was my 
I just turned four years this month, just a few days ago on the first. And I manifested that. But after that, so after that, my whole life switched because then I manifested my reawakening, my spiritual reawakening. And then it just became all synchronicities. And from there, the magic hasn't stopped. Mm. So going through those negative manifestations, what, where do you think that clue came from, from that book? You know, well, for I, I me, think you me- mentioned like it was a manifestation. So where do you think it manifested from? You know, if you were in the oh, yes. negative state. Oh, that was my higher self. My higher self, man. So my higher self led me to that bookstore. My hmm. higher self was that internal clock that went off and said, Jess, you know what time it is. Stop playing yourself. Get back on, you know, get back on track. It's hmm. time. It's time to wake up. So I had that feeling inside, but my human, because I was still very clouded uh, with all of the filth, you know, all of the, the regret and shame and sadness and traumas that I hadn't faced, there was like, in a way, it was like I couldn't see it then because it was still very dark. But because I followed, I just, I followed the trail. I just followed into the, I just literally walked and I was just like, I, I need something higher. I need something to remind me why I'm here. I don't want to go back into like, you know, going crazy because I know how bad I can get. And I, I felt I was this close, you know, this close again. And I, I, I didn't want to go that route. So I was trying to find different ways. And then I didn't want to go towards drugs either or alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to find another way. And this is when I just needed, I needed a sign. I was looking for a sign. That's what I was looking at, a sign from the heavens. And it was my higher self guiding me. So what when is, I read that book. For, for you, do is your higher self you or is that God or is that a part of you or what do you think? Cause I well, always hear people describe aspects. it differently. Well, there's different aspects. I mean, here's the beauty of it. God being the generator, the operator and the destroyer that recreates as a whole, right? The supreme energy. Then we have our individual soul, but we have in, the, in each layer of dimensions, we have, thousands of us like thousands of higher selves that go in each dimension Mm. but all of them link to the supreme so there there's a difference right through manifestation like the universal manifestation goes through layers layers and layers like a stair in a way right it's layers of consciousness now the entirety is everything god is everything right it's everything The, the creator is everything But there is singular consciousness within that, just like your body, right? Um, We have our eyes, we have our ears, we have our mouth, and Mm. each one has its own function. But it's all part of the body. So the same thing with our own self, right? It was God, right? Creator, supreme creator, however people want to call it, guiding me. That's my higher self. Because ultimately, it depends on how, how connected you are to the supreme self. From that supreme self, when you hold on to the highest of everything, you have access to all dimensions of self. So mm. when we're going through our awakening, it's just like you're all of yourselves that are in other dimensions are throwing clues at you, throwing things at you in this dimension, in this realm, and cheering you on. But in, re- but in the end, it's the whole, like everything is, I mean, everything right now, everything we see, this phone, this laptop, everything is God. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't that, right? But we want 
God wants to experience itself through each individual aspect. That's the grandness of ourselves, of who we are. So the higher self, and everyone has their own because the thing is that because we are in the collective, there's a lot of people that still have traumas. I used to have trauma with the word God. I hated that word until I made peace with it. Now I can call God whatever, however I want it because it's my relationship. So to me, it's not a man or a woman, right? It's beyond that. It's everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to limit God to one word. I love to use different names because each one is just expressing one aspect of our infinity. Yeah, words are beautiful, but they also complicate things as well because it's so limited, you know, and that's that's what I tell people a lot of times. We can't get fixated on the word. I mean, it's crazy the amount of things we have in common just hearing you speak, and that's probably why, you know, we connect so much is just because, I mean, just hearing you, because I, I too went through that same phase. I went through this, mate, I was grew up in the small little two-stop, like, like Christian town, never really grew up like around a real, real religious family, but believed in, you know, the Christian God and went through this big atheist phase. So I definitely like, and then had a weird relationship with that term, right? Because with that term, there's all these different feelings and definitions and um, images that we build in our, in our own minds. So that's, that's really interesting to hear that. And Another thing you, you touched on too, is like the fear and see, this is something I, I mean, to be real, like it's just something I still am working on because, um, you know, I, I, I fear these certain things and really the biggest thing I fear, and I want to touch on this cause you kind of alluded to it and you even alluded to it at the beginning of our conversation, um, almost like losing my mind. And I know that sounds crazy. Like even like a little bit with death, like I've come to terms with death you know, through different experiences and, 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 and feeling death almost the most that we can, like feeling parts of myself die that needed to die. Um, and it's not necessarily that I'm afraid of death because I, I feel what may happen and, and, and feel that it's not, you know, it right. Based off everything we've been presented and, and know, or think we know. Um, but a big, a fear of mine that lingers is like losing my mind. Like I've had experiences and different things where it's like, you know, man, like, am, and it's not necessarily like, am I crazy? It's like, you get to this point sometimes where you're just like, you feel so disconnected, not in a bad way with what's going on and see all these things in the world that you have no control over. And you just, you know, and then things are kind of going on in your own mind that you're working out all these other like voices and fears that you're still kind of like battling with. Right. So a big part of me is like, man, like, I, because I've had family members, that were, a mentor actually, that was a conscious, very conscious person, very intelligent. And then he had a mental breakdown, whatever that may feel. And then I think based off just, cause I'm a Scorpio sun, Virgo moon and Virgo rising. So I always, I already have this big inner conflict going on with some things but I have a big attraction to like the darker side of things sometimes. So I'll think like what some people would say really negative, negatively. Sometimes I'll think about darker things. I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want that to happen. So, so talk to me a little bit about, cause that's what trips me up. I'm like, well, shoot, man. Like if I am manifesting this thing, these things and, and I've already put it out there, like, is it too late to take it back? You know, what's your thoughts about that? And then then tie that into your own experiences with 
maybe earlier in your childhood, I want to start getting into that story about mental health and having your own experiences with, you know, going through times where it felt like you were losing your mind. Yeah. Well, that's really beautiful that actually lot, how you, so. how you just shared. Yeah. But how you shared your, um, it, it makes sense why you were diagnosed earlier on with like obsessive compulsive because Scorpio and Virgo, <laughs> all that Scorpio and Virgo energy, it's because, you know, as Scorpios, like we're all about investigating and diving deep. And then you have a double Virgo in your moon, mm-hmm. right? The way you see and the way you feel, and then you're rising the way that you come off, right? And, and uh, Virgos tend to want to control and perfection. So again, right, if this was implemented in our health system, then you wouldn't have been diagnosed with that because it would have said, oh, that's part of his, you know, human design. Mm-hmm. Um, so that explains that. Uh, it shows up all the um, but time that's a, too. Yeah, that's right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's a great question. And can, can you refresh me? Because I just kind of lost track of, because I went into that conversation. Yeah, what... Oh, I, I remember now. Hold on. I remember. Yeah. How I do remember you now. Avoid that. Yeah, you were, you were, you asked me, uh, like for instance, you know, if you get really into this dark place and then you put these thoughts out and you feed into it, if it's still there and you're going to manifest it, right? Mm-hmm. Or how does that work? Well, here's the beautiful thing: is that you have the ability to shift your direction in every moment. Literally, mm-hmm. through each breath, we die. And we are reborn just like that. I'm a new person in each breath. So if you do have these thoughts, that's, that's what they are. They're thoughts, right? Nothing happens. Now, if you take action on those thoughts, something happens. Now, there's a difference here. There's people that, for instance, when we get in this depressive mode, right? And we're just thinking about the worst things possible to read dive deep. And, you know, we're in this darkness and we're just like thinking and fearing all of these scary things. The way that this can manifest in our lives is that we get caught up in our own dark. It's like, it went, like the image in a cartoon where someone's walking and above their own head, there's a cloud that's raining, but around mm. it's like sunshine. So it's more so like it manifests within your own self the feeling inside maybe that fear is just harnessing inside right Mm. now if you take action then of course right if you take action on that fear like let's just say someone has really dark thoughts and eventually you feed and you feed and you feed these thoughts eventually you know you can get to the point where you can really drive yourself insane because when we're focusing on negativity what is actually happening is that we are becoming magnets to our chronic energy, de- like the demiurge, like demonic forces, like low vibration. Mm-hmm. So we attract them into our field. When we are depressed, we are at our auric field. So then this can cause us to feel uh, like in a state of darkness all the time. So this is in the way that it can manifest. And of course, mm-hmm. some people, if it gets too like wild and for instance, this person takes action and then they commit a crime because they fill themselves with this, you know, darkness. And then they fed this archonic energy, these archons, right? This uh, energetic parasites. Then these energetic, energetic parasites, then they become the host of your body. 
you become the host of these parasites. And then, then that can create the person to take action on these thoughts. That's how they can manifest. But if you're just thinking these thoughts and not taking action and you can catch yourself and say, hold on, you know, I'm getting too much in here. Then that's something for you to reflect on. And then you can shift that because then you can become aware and conscious of what you're focusing your mind on. And I invite people to actually not stop, but dive into that, sit with that, you know? Okay, why do you keep going here, right? Why do you keep going into this? What is there for you? What is this trying to tell you about yourself, you know? What is in your subconscious that needs to be faced? What are this, what is this fear, this false illusion appearing real within your own self? that needs to be dismantled from within. Yeah, because if you and, seems like yeah. if you stare and observe it enough, it finally will reveal itself. You know, and I think that's exactly, you know, and that's, that's a big part of, of, you know, you hear a lot of these coaches and stuff. It's always putting a bandaid on thing when a real, the real healer man is having somebody that really helps you face those things. And that's why I'm a big advocate for, medicines like you know psychedelics especially like mine has been psilocybin and you know mm-hmm. and others but that's been my i guess my sweet spot um i think just because the intelligence behind it but it's just one of those things because like you you you're not running from that you know you're not running from those things that you face and it's almost like this weird uh obsession right with that i don't want to say pain right i don't want to associate it with that but it's that weird obsession with kind of facing that and like once you get through that um it's it's kind of that that balance it's it's super ugly and it's very painful and it feels like a part of you truly does die and i and i do believe that it does but then after that like all these new things grow and thrive and and like you said earlier without clearing what was there clearing that muck and that gunk um there wouldn't have been any space for anything uh, to survive. And I think that's another part too, is like you said, with undoing and, and it was nice to hear you say that. It's like, and, and it almost, it, it doesn't have the intention either. Like you said, with planting the seed, you know, you may like plant the seed with your thoughts, but you're not watering it. You're not taking care of it. You're not actually feeding it, you know, AKA action or, you know, going upon that. And I think that's the trap. Um, and just the, the breadcrumbs that evil spirits are, energy lie um lay because it's like all right one piece after another once it's there then like you said some people may start with like other like hard drugs or they might start self-harm or it's like this domino effect where it's like they're actually taking action on it so i've, I've never i've never heard it put that way so I, I i really like that because it really puts in perspective um at least for me selfishly that um to 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 twist that thought and that's all it is is just perspective is how can we take what we've been thinking about finally and look at it a slightly different way and then like aha there it is there's that transition that we were looking for all along that we've sat here and and if it wasn't for asking why because my nickname growing up was question mark and because i asked so many questions right obsessive and compulsive i i I did well in school because i was obsessed over doing well because i fell in that trap but at the same time I always ask questions and, and people hated me for it, but now, you know, it's, it's the best thing in my life because it's not only able 
enabled me to have conversations like this and ask questions, but also ask those same questions to myself over and over and over obsessively. And so it's one of those things that's been a blessing and a curse and ultimately a blessing because if it wasn't for that, then, you know, we probably, everything's all, it's the butterfly effect, right? If one little thing changed then it, everything would be completely different. So I'd love to, um, I'd love to hear you dive into your childhood a little bit and take it back there and really like, you know, that's the big part of who's behind the mask, right? Cause a lot of people, especially in the spiritual community, right? They do these hoorahs and chants and omens and sound bowls and yoga and all these great tools and things. Right. And then, so somebody that's really stepping into the scene, discovering themselves, it's more like to do, it's more like work. It's more like, how do I do this? And it's all these distractions, but they don't really get to see what's behind the mask, what's behind the scene of, of where that person really came from. If they even really went through something. And that's what I appreciate about you the most is that I can feel the things that you've gone through in your words and in your energy alone. So I'd love for you to share that story here today and just a little bit of, of what happened, how you felt, what you experienced, and you can start at whatever point you like. I'd love to hear the entire story if you want to share it. I appreciate it, brother. And I'm going to break it down into little parts just so yeah. we can kind of see the full picture, but breaking it down into how, you know, I've become and how I'm here right now. But it's, it's beautiful because, again, it's starting with planting the seed. And um, I'm the firstborn of immigrant parents from Mexico. And actually, I was conceived in Mexico. Uh, my mother met my father. And then I was conceived in a province called Guerrero, which means warrior. That's where I was made, right? In the warrior land. Say, and then my mother again. and father, they crossed the border. I was born in, uh, I was conceived in a province in Mexico called Guerrero. Guerrero. Right. I just like how you rolled your tongue. Yeah, <laughs> I just like how it's. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, um, they migrated across the border to California. And then from California, this all happened, like, this is all happening before I'm even one year old. So I'm conceived wow. in, in Mexico. Parents cross the border. They go to California. And from California, they drove. Like my whole dad's side of the family, they all drove to Michigan. And my mother was working on a flower farm, her whole pregnancy, pregnant of me. And guess what kind of flowers she, she worked with? Gladiators. Huh. So, you know, this is just, again, setting the scene, right? The cultivating yeah. the soil for me. So throughout her pregnancy, my father was abusive, beater. You know, he was doing cocaine, drugs, the whole nine. Um, so that's what I was taking in as a child. My dad lied to my mother. My mother was pure. Like, you know, it's just a beautiful soul. My dad was a complete opposite. So you have like purity, like divine woman. Mm -hmm. And then you have my father who he was born in darkness. And my mom always told me this because she felt bad for him, which was her weakness, right? Because mm -hmm. he was very machismo, like really toxic, masculine, violent, beater, everything. He was a liar and a cheat. So I was born in these complete polarities. Um, so right before I turned one year old, uh, my family, they all drove back again to California and I was born in Berkeley, California. They thought that I was premature because there was no medical records and my mom was really, really small. So they thought that I was a month behind. They thought my original birthday was going to be on Christmas Eve, but I was born on Thanksgiving. Mm. So they thought I was one month early. So that was just, you know, setting the, the tone for 
what I was about to experience because everything begins in the womb. When the two parents come together, this is the root chakra, right? They connect to the sexual organs. So their karma, their intention is already set when the two meet up into the sacral, our womb. This is where we're formed. We're, mm-hmm. You know, we're feeding off of our mother, everything that she's taken in the emotions. I've never heard that before. That's interesting. Yeah. So this is where we're being created. And our, my body was basically like my higher self was preparing to descend into Jess, you know, to this baby. When I came out, I was preparing. So that's how I started. And, um, you know, fast forward it to when I was already born in California at age four, this is when I have my earliest memories of me in between my mother and father, because, you know, he was trying to kill her and beat her in front of me and he'd come home drunk. So I grew up with this violence, right? Uh, poverty, uncles outside smoking, doing cocaine, you know, just saying nasty things, drawing nasty things, pouring all this stuff. My cousins being in gangs and violence. And we were living in a very like ghetto neighborhood in, in California. My father always coming home screaming at my mother, just trying to break down the door, super intoxicated. My mom was always scared and in fear. He didn't even let her leave the, the house. You know, she was like oh, in a wow. prison. So then at age five, my mother ran away from my father to LA and this shifted everything for me at age five, because even though I saw that my father was cruel to my mother, but as a child, you don't know. So I still loved him and I saw him as my hero because he let me do whatever I wanted to do. And my mom, she tried to give me order and I didn't like that. And if she said no to me, he would beat her. So I felt like he was trying to protect me Mm. because you're a child. You don't know. So when my mom left my father she lied to me because she knew I wouldn't want to leave she lied to me and said that we were going to go to a flea market right but we we were driving to LA six hours later I'm asking her like where is this place you know like and anyways this is when she confessed and said we're not going back home we're leaving your dad like you know and I cried I felt betrayed I felt lied to and my whole life was just like flipped upside down. And in that moment, my, my mom, it was me, the oldest. And then I had a 40 day year old sister. So she was crying in the back seat, mm-hmm. screaming. And then we're in this busted car. I could see my, I could see the ground because there's a hole where your feet go. So I could see mm-hmm. literally the ground. So we made it all the way to LA. And then when we were in LA for three years, we were living through different shelters, like uh, different areas of LA, battered women's shelter protection. This is when my mom got involved with getting help from like the government and was um, you know, receiving help through like welfare and all of that. And she didn't speak any English. So then I was put in ESL because um, obviously like I, I couldn't speak English that well. And I moved a lot. I was a new kid every week. And then sometimes I didn't go to school. I was super shy. I had a lot of things that happened because kids would pick on me and I was really, really shy. I didn't want to talk. I was already like knowing that I wasn't normal because I liked girls and I felt like I was in the wrong body. I felt I would have flashbacks of past lives and I was just like, why am I in this body? You know? So you so felt I, that I, early I on with the, tra- how old were you when you felt that attraction to women? Six. Oh, wow. But at seven was when I had my first memory of a past life as a man. And I was actually at that time, we were living in Lancaster, LA, which was a desert area. And I was walking outside barefoot. And all of a sudden, I got flashbacks of another timeline. Mm. And I was a full man, like I was a grown man. And I was walking in this desert, like Sahara Desert, just walking barefoot. And then in that moment, I was like, I was a man. And then I was really 
obsessed in that time. I just, I didn't fit in my body. Like, you know, I would see the world, but like mm -hmm. I lived inside of myself and I didn't believe in what I saw outside. So to me, I was normal, but like outside, I was like, how do I fit? Mm -hmm. So then of course, this is when all the programming happening. So my mom felt bad for me because I always missed, you know, I, I would always wish to have a family, a normal family. Um, so she knew that, you know, so what happened is that when I was about to turn nine years old, she got in contact with my father and then we came back again to the Bay Area, California, and they got back together. And it was when I was nine years old that I realized the kind of man that my father was, because when we came back and moved in with him, of course, he didn't change. He was still the same guy. Mm. And then I caught him cheating and then he would try to beat my mom again. And then now, obviously, at nine and 10 years old your consciousness is different. So I began to see the brutal, like mean, messed up human he was. And I began to actually develop hatred towards him. So I developed hatred towards my father. Um, and we stopped talking. We were living in the same apartment. We didn't talk to each other. Um, starting at age 14. But at this point, it was already bad. Like I was always calling the cops on him, like defending my mom. Mm. I beat him with a broom to stop him from hitting my mother. And I was a protector of like my mom and my younger siblings. Um, and then my mom would protect my father afterwards because she would feel bad because after he would calm down, this is when the cops would come because they take a while to come. So it'd be like three hours later after my dad's already like passed out on the toilet and the cops come to see, okay, so who's being, who's being beat, right? And then my mom would feel bad and, and just say, oh, no, like, it's fine. And I would just feel hurt. I'm like, I'm trying to protect you. And, like, every time I call the cops or I try to save me from him, you feel sorry for him. So then I, I didn't realize at the time, but I began to grow, like, a type of anger towards her. Mm -hmm. So then um, in 2000, um, 2004, I came back from Mexico because... I went one year to Mexico. Um, I manifested myself there. That's another story. And I had an experience over there that basically this is when I began to drink and party in Mexico, um, which was my freshman year in high school. I was out there in a private school and this is where I began to explore partying and drinking. And I had my first uh, sexual encounter with a woman there. And then that really uh, confused me because we never spoke about it, you know? It was just like, we would only do this when we were drunk. And of course, she wasn't supposed to say anything because I was still in the closet. Mm. So when I came back, um, I was 14, going on 15. And this is, obviously, I was, my so I was now in sophomore year. Again, I was the new kid. And um, I, I wanted to like a guy. I was like, okay, I just, I just want to be normal. Like, can I just have a crush on a guy? Like, and I didn't like no guy. And of course, the first person that I see is a girl and I have a crush on her. And that's where it began. This is literally where it's like you follow the, the rabbit hole that took me into drugs and all this that opened up. Right. And it was my sophomore year with this girl. And here's the thing. Look, before I, I saw her fall in depression and drug addiction, I sensed it within her. I didn't realize at the time, but I fell in love with her tragedy. Hmm. And in Mexico too, right? This person, you know, I fell in love with her tragedy. So it's like I took on that karma mm. and then I brought it with me. And then now I'm over here and boom, I feel it. But at this time, this girl was like an innocent girl, but I could feel her pain. And I didn't know at the time though. Okay. This is now as an adult. At that time, I didn't know 
that's what it was. But basically, I then was like really obsessed with her, but I never spoke to her. I was like the shadow, right? It's like quiet. You don't, she doesn't even know I exist. Do you believe and, that can get absorbed into your energy as well, like from other people, especially like oh, through sex and other things? Oh, yeah. Especially when you're unconscious. When you're unconscious, um, that's what you're doing. You're just taking mm. in people's energies and then you don't know how to clear your own field. So then you're taking on people's karma. So this is what happened to me at that time. I was, I had taken that on. So now I was a magnet for this type of girl, this damaged, traumatized girl. And so what happened is that, um, you know, a lot, a lot was going on, right? I was already 15 going on 16 at this time summer school because I didn't take a history class in Mexico that was required. I think it was like student go like government class or something. So I had to go to summer school. That's when I connected with a group of people that would smoke weed and chill in the back of the school. And they seemed to be like liberal, kind of like free spirited. Right. So I was kind of drawn to that energy. And then I started to hang out with them and I had a crush on that girl. So I was hanging out with them more. And they began to talk about like bisexuality. That was around the time like Britney Spears and Madonna kissed. So mm -hmm. it was becoming more popular. And uh, it made me kind of comfortable to tell them like, yeah, I'm not straight. And then they would be like, so what are you gay? I was like, no. What are you bi? No. Then what are you? Nothing. I'm just not straight. Because I couldn't admit that I was like a label, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously a lot of things were going on around that time. And then... You know, I'm the kind of person where when I go in, I go in. I don't play around. So the moment I tasted drugs, that was it for me. Yeah. I was just, I was hooked. And it just, it happened in a matter of like speed of light because then that led me to Halloween, right? School had just started. Mm. Um, you know, at that time I was just smoking weed, but I was really like becoming hooked on the escape. And then from there, because I felt free, like when I was smoking, I just felt free. I was like, oh, like, I just, just want to feel free, you know? So, but then that led me into um, like trying over-the-counter pills. And then that led me into uh, taking something called coracetin cough and cold, which was, you know, you overdose on these um, cough and cold medicines to numb out. And uh, when that hit me, it really like messed me up. And actually that girl that had a crush on her, she gave that to me. So I took the mint because I wanted to be cool, you know? So what happened is that that really messed this up here. And uh, basically that led me to Halloween where I smoked so much weed with a bunch of people. My mom called me like, hey, I'm going to go pick you up. When she picked me up, of course, she saw that I was, my eyes were bloodshot. So she was just like shocked because she never expected that from me. And um, I just remember like coming home and I was just like in a cloud and she was just so angry and disappointed in me. And inside I just felt like a failure, you know, like. Because at this point, I was already at a very low state in my life. This is why I was in, you know, going into addiction. So she didn't know either what state uh, of mental state I was in. So basically, the next day, that was my suicide attempt. When I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, it's not a dream. This really happened. You know, she's scary. It's like my whole life just shattered. And I was a disappointment to her. And that was the worst thing that I could feel was I disappointed her. Hmm. So in that moment, I made a decision. When she went to go, she drove to my school to go talk to the principals and tell them that it, like to take all my privileges away and everything. At that moment, I just made a decision and I went and I grabbed whatever change I had left, put it in my pocket. I grabbed a scooter and I left. I just said, I need to go to San Francisco and I'm going to overdose on heroin. That was it. 
that was that's that was my plan you know i'm gonna i had never gone on bart which is the the uh train transport i had mm. never gone on there didn't even know where it was i actually mm. ended up getting there on a scooter i made it there and guess what i had exact change for one way to san francisco and exact change for one bus ticket to make it to hippie hill <laughs> and that's where it began for me and that's the night basically that i had my rude awakening and the overdose on mushrooms and everything that happened the next 16 days in Oregon. Cause I ended up in Oregon. Touch on that. Cause I heard, I heard you talk about that in a video before um, a little yeah. bit, the overdose and I oh, yeah. to hear some of that too. So that day I basically, when I left the house, I, I, this is what I said. I'm not coming back. The only way I'm coming back is in a casket. I'm gone. And it's true because Jess, that Jess never came back. That Jess died. You know, a different Jess came back because that day I erased everything. I let go of everything. Like I erased my existence and I just went for my suicide. Right. So um, basically I met these hippies um, in San Francisco in Hippie Hill, Hate Nashbury area. They told, I told them my plan. I was looking for heroin and then they gave me an ultimatum. They gave me, they said, you know what? You don't have to go that route. You know, we're all runaways too just come with us. We're going to go, we're going to be going to Oregon and there's a mushroom field out there in, in Astoria and we're going to go pick them. And we have like connections to pot farms. Like all you got to do is just help us sell the, sell the drugs. That's it. So I'm just like, I don't even care. Sure. So I, I left with them that day. Mm. We drove to towards Oregon, but we made a stop in a place called Cal mountain, California mountain. And I mean, the ride itself, that was an adventure. I'm not going to get deep into that. But when we made it up there, they had literally like a magic school bus on the middle of nowhere, like in the top of a mountain. You have a yellow school bus. And they said, this is our spot. This is where we got all the mushrooms drying. So they like did a bonfire. And, and they said, yeah, you can go ahead and go inside and just wrap whatever you want. So I, I don't care. So I went inside and I saw like they had two kinds of mushrooms. They had azuresins and sinus. And so I just start eating them like i didn't even know i just ate a bunch you done them before and then i that? no never i wanted to but i had never done them so oh, i'm eating geez. them and then i grabbed like the big caps it was like azurez and i ate that too and i'm just like dang when is it it's just like oh it's not even kicking in so i'm eating i put more in my mouth then they came inside and they said you want to smoke some deemsters and i was like what's that it's dmt i'm like i don't know what that is but yeah sure oh, whatever God. i don't care how, many, so, how much you know, do you think you ate i don't even know it was like three handfuls of mushrooms oh each. God. And then it was like, Oh, I'll tell yeah, Probably it was 10, 15 grams at least. It was, I don't even know. It was just a lot. It was a lot. And they oh came in and they, they, they started smoking DMT and passing the pipe. So anyways, here I am, you know, already mentally screwed. Right. Oh, I'm already man. like, come on suicide. Right. Um, all of this is happening. It hasn't even been 24 hours since I've left my house. Oh my and God. now I'm over here you know, up north in California on the top of a mountain on a school bus full of mushrooms. And I'm like about to have the psychedelics kick in. So here's what happened. All of a sudden, you know, we're sitting there. It's just a cloud of smoke. And then next thing you know, it boom, it hits. All of a sudden, everything just goes into black. And then all of a sudden, it's like patterns. Like I'm starting to see little patterns of colors for the first time. And then that was it from there. I just, it, everything went pitch black. And then I, I saw like heads spinning like around me like this. And then it was like 
like voices, but then they faded away. And then I left my body. My consciousness left my body. And I was all now my consciousness was rotating in the universe. Was this after and you I was, smoked the DMT or you hadn't hit it yet? Yeah, I'd had. I had already I had already ate the mushroom. But, but here's the thing. The seizure, so I had a seizure. I found out the next day. So I had a seizure, but this was actually after the, the seizure hit an hour after, because you know, like mushrooms take about an hour to hit in. Yeah. So that's when it hit in. Because the DMT immediately you feel it, but it was the mushrooms that when it activated, that was what got me. So then that's when I had a seizure. I, my consciousness left my body. Now my consciousness is not in this reality anymore. And now I'm spinning in the solar system. Like I'm spinning in just the black universe. I'm just spinning and I'm seeing everything spinning. And as I'm just like laying, like spinning, like revolving around, I'm just like a star. Then I'm in another dimension and I'm literally, it's just like this dimension of fairies. And I, it was just like, like mm. forest and I'm small. I'm very, very small. And I'm on a leaf, a flower leaf. And I have three fairies with me, one in the front, two on my side. And they're talking to me. And then they told me that they're going to show me what happened in a parallel reality. Like if I had in this, in, in this reality, if I took that route, what it looks like in another universe. So then they took me to San Francisco. You know, we, we got out of that dimension and went into the other reality. And I saw my death if it would have been through heroin. So I was actually in San Francisco, same clothes, everything. And I'm on the side of the street with a needle next to my arm. And I overdosed. And then all of the cops, like SFPD is around me. Um, you know, I'll, as I'm watching this, my, my dead body on the ground, I'm seeing everything. They call my mom. And tell her the news because I had a school ID in my backpack. So they found out who I was. And I saw the reaction of my entire family and all the suffering that I caused because I committed suicide. And I began to cry like I couldn't bear to see that, you know, all the pain that I had caused through my actions. So because I began to cry, then the, the fairies took me out of that reality. And then I went back again into that dimension where I told you that it was like the fairy dimension, right? And then I was just crying on the leaf. You know, I'm just crying. And I'm like, why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? Like, why has my whole life been suffering? Please, I just, I want to know why. Like, why am I here? Why do I need to be here? And in that moment, they told me everything. But right after that, I woke up. And when I woke up, I was like, whoa, like I was still spacey. And I was back shot into my body. And then I looked around and I still like, my consciousness was still like, whoo, right? I looked outside the window and I saw a bunch of gnomes run and hide it in the trees. And, and I'm just like, where am I? And then I'm just like, hold on. Why can't I remember what the fairies told me? I could not remember a word. The fairies told me of my purpose. Like everything I asked, they told me. But when I woke up, blank, nothing, not even one word. And to this day, I still don't even know the word. But within myself, mm. I know it. But it just, it's not clear anymore in words. It was actually the vibration. So that was like my initiation <laughs> into Gee. those. Uh, How long were you out, you think? Oh, um, like on the trip? Like, yeah, did you like book for a few hours? Were you just out? Oh, I was gone the whole night. I woke up the next day, like it was probably like noon or something like that. I was out. When was the and then that's, the next day? or? It was the next day because this was at nighttime. It was, this happened on November 1st of 2004. And it, um, we got to Cal Mountain at nighttime. So it was from the nighttime all the way to the morning. 
mm. when I woke up. So it was definitely at least like a 10 hour trip. And when I woke up, they told me, they were just like, oh, Dan, you're alive. Cause they were all like tripping on so many drugs. So, you know, they're kind of, they didn't care. They were like, dude, we thought you died. You had me, like you started compulsing and we were like trying to wake you up and then you, you just went out. And then of course they were like on a bunch of drugs. So like, you know, they probably just were like, oh, dead girl, you know, they all knocked out on drugs. And then when, when I told them about what I experienced, they were like jealous. They were like, what? We've been trying to eat these shrooms so we could see the fairies and you don't even know about the fairies and you saw them. Hmm. And, and uh, again, you know, it was just, it was intense. But what happened is that after that, I was eating mushrooms every single day for 16 days straight. It was like my food. Mushrooms was my food. And I, it got <laughs> so that bad. Same group that, of people? Yeah, because I was living with them. We were like, uh, they were homeless, right? They were travelers. So we went into Portland and we were like in the slums and then we were like in the woods. So we would like be deep, deep in the woods, camping out, you know, just camping out and then asking for money on the streets to buy more drugs. And that was just, that was a life. I was like sleeping on, on in, in, in the woods with like gutter punks, like cuddled up and, you know, like Jeez. rain all over us. It was in November time. So it was cold. I was so cold. Literally, I couldn't feel my body and the mushrooms helped me. To like it was kind of like a blanket because I couldn't feel anything it was I think it was like 20 degrees it was so cold and I didn't have any like jackets or socks or anything so I was just freezing the whole time and uh, when I came back after the cops found me and I was arrested as a runaway up in Portland they put me in juvenile hall and then this is when they called my mother because so the day they found me, my mother had already filed me as a runaway. Like, so I was going to be on like the, you know, like those missing signs, mm -hmm. like on the milk carton. <laughs> I was about to go on the milk carton, but I, they found me and I was already on the record. So finally, when I told them my real name, they're like, you're listed under a runaway. So then they took me in and they asked me, you don't got no doobies stuck in those in that hair. <laughs> Cause I just smell like a bonfire. Like I just smell like a bunch of weed and bonfire. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a horrible experience for me because I was so angry when they got me, so angry, and especially because I knew I had to go back home now, and that's what I had run away from, you know. Mm. So that was the initiation of like a dark phase of my life where I couldn't finish school, like I was just in and out of like psychiatric wards and just on the streets. I would choose to be homeless, living on out, and always intoxicated. Did that mess with your mm -hmm. consciousness? I mean, especially that being your first experience with psychedelics. I mean, how were you able to like, did that kind of lead to the wards? Like, b because you were, were you having trouble gr grasping reality after that? Like, I mean, that's that led to psychosis. So that led me to psychosis, mm. but not in the psychosis. Here's the thing. What happened is that, you know, when you do psychedelics and the medicine, it brings everything that is in your subconscious, not just from this lifetime, but all timelines to the forefront. It brings it right here. So what happened is because I didn't have guidance, they couldn't explain to me what was happening to me. If someone would have told me what was happening to me, it would have shifted everything. Mm. But because I didn't have anyone, it just made me more crazy because then, of course, I began to tap into what was going on. And I was like, screw this matrix. I'm not going to be controlled. And, you know, I started talking about like the end of the world and like, you know, predictions and all this stuff and telling people that I was Jesus and, you know, all these past life incarnations. And of course they were just like, she's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she, you're delusional. 
and I, they, so this is when they would say that I was having manic episodes, right? When I would have like mm. two weeks where, you know, I was like an Egyptian Pharaoh and I was like dressed. And then there was a point where I would like paint, like adorn myself with like five different incarnations. So people didn't know if I was Egyptian, if I was this or that, like I was mm. like an Egyptian, I would, I would put eyeliner, like trying to look like an Egyptian, right? Like a Pharaoh. And then I would like put on different things. So it was just like all of these timelines, I was putting all these masks on because I, when I saw this face in the mirror, I didn't know who that was. So mm -hmm. I was like obsessed with other timelines because I couldn't accept who I was right now. Is that what they labeled as psychosis? Just well, that. parts of it. Well, parts of it because, well, psychosis also is like when you have like a mania, like a manic episode is like two weeks where you're so obsessed with something and you just, this is it. Like, and you have your highs and your lows. So like one moment, you're God, you're almighty. And then boom, the next day, you're just like, you're killing yourself. You hate yourself. So it's mm. like extreme. So I was never in the middle. It was either I'm God or I'm garbage. Mm. So it was always a battle here. So if I didn't, if I felt at my lowest, it was like in the slums, like the worst possible feeling ever. And when I was like in my highest, I'm almighty. I could do everything and I'm connected to everything. Mm. So I didn't know what this was right here, like that middle. How did you find that balance? Because that's what led me to look into psychosis because I would go through in the past, you know, those highs and lows, maybe not to that extreme, but it was still pretty extreme. How were you well, able the, to yeah. that center? So for me, it wasn't easy. I was on medication for 12 years, um, different kinds of meditation, medications, and I went on different kinds of stages of my life. But it was always an extreme got to the point where I became obsessed with the gym. I became a, a gymaholic. Yeah, I went through um, that too. And I, I was obsessed also with like sleeping around. So I slept with a lot of females. I went through that too. You know, and uh, then I got uh, obsessed with partying. So I was always partying and drinking. And you know how that is. Like yeah. you, you, you go from, so I was always going from one addiction to the other, but not knowing that. When I began to learn balance, it wasn't that long ago. I would just say, and it's still, you know, it's still something that I, that I, have within myself but now i use it as a superpower so now what i've done is this so 2000 i remember i told you how i used this obsession that's what happened that's why in seven months i freed myself after 12 years of like no one knowing what to do with me and it just took me seven months to devote myself on getting myself out of that you know and from there what happened was that um i had my spiritual reawakening right because i had my first awakening in that moment when I did my suicide. And then after that, what year I was tuned that? in 2004. Okay. And the other one was what, like 2015? 17. 17. Early 2017. Yeah. So 2004 was my, at the end, it was day of the dead, um, November 1st, right? 2004. And then I started to have really um, extra terrestrial encounters in 2005, the next year. So a couple months after my diagnosis, when 20, 2005 came in, I had encounters with, uh, you know, intergalactic beings and mm. I had upgrades and this is when I had a major, major energetic upgrade. And then from there, my life was never the same because I was attuned to everything. And it got to the point where, you know, you're young and you open Pandora's box and you don't know what to do with it mm -hmm. and you go crazy that you have to like shut it down and you run away from it. Cause you're like, no. I'm not doing that. 
and you want to deny it because you're just like, how can I do that? You know, I'm just one being and everyone thinks I'm crazy and I'm tired of being called crazy. I just want to be normal. And that's where the label, I guess, quote unquote, psych- psychosis came from because obviously they're probably like, this isn't real, you know, but it, yeah. I mean, it very much so is and it's definitely real to you for sure. Exactly. So from there, you know, it's my life was just just roller coasters after roller coasters. And then even with everything that I did, it was always roller coasters. So 2017 was a big one for me because um, after I became obsessed again, right, we have a choice of what. So I use my superpower of obsession with shifting everything about me. And from there, it led me into my reawakening. And that's when my soul was like, okay, it's time. And I was able to recognize all of the synchronicities coming my way. And I followed the rabbit hole. And that was in 2017. And I got my, literally this happened around the springtime, around the springtime. But before this, there was a series of events that happened that led me there. And then in the springtime, it was time, like just extraordinary things were happening in my life that before they had to happen under the influence of psychedelics. And now no psychedelics were involved and I'm tuned into this frequency again, the one that I denied and now I couldn't hide anymore. So I knew, okay, Jess, now, you know, because I remember the downloads that I got when I was 15 of the future Mm. and what I was here to do when my higher self visited me and told me. So I knew that I couldn't run anymore. It was time and I had to be ready for what's to come for the collective. And I had to heal myself for me to be able to show up and be a part of the shift. So I knew that within myself. And then boom, out of all this happening, this is when I realized like there's a spiritual community because it all just happened so fast. And then that's when I like connected with people on Instagram. And then I was like, what, what? There's a conscious community. I didn't even know the word consciousness, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't even know what that was, but what they were like, everything people were talking about was downloads that I already had inside of myself. So I knew there was truth to these things. And this is when I, to, I began, I, I got into, I actually, I got initiated into Reiki um, in April of 2017. And then from there, everything just aligned for me. And then that's when I had to make the next big thing. This is when I renounced my entire life. I sold my business, uh, personal training business. I left everything. And it was time for me now to quiet myself, leave everything behind, create depth. But it's okay because then I took off and I needed time alone. I needed to go into that hermit mode to have clarity and to really dive deep into the root cause of the suffering. Because in my mind, it was like, I need to get to the root cause of our suffering, of this collective. I need to heal the root of why we are Mm -hmm. here right now. And I need to do that by doing this internally within myself. Because when I can do that for me, I know that by me doing this, I'm healing everyone. And also my human will be able to assist others. So this, I had it already within me. So I just, I just continued to follow that inner voice, right? That inner compass, my higher self, God guiding me into what I needed to do. And I didn't have like a clear picture, but it was more so like visions and feelings that I followed. Hmm. And then this is where I've been learning about balance and how to use that. And now I'm at a stage where because I've had to revisit so many lessons, I'm understanding now so unbalancing myself and my relationships with others and how to use, again, you know, how to use that focus, right? That obsession into a superpower. Hmm. That was was beautifully said. 
I really appreciate you sharing that. And man, <laughs> what a, what a journey. And it's weird that you said 2017, cause that's when I first got, I, I consider the journey really beginning for me too. So again, another thing we have in common, it's like all the things you listed, the, the whole gym thing, the sexual thing, the, all these, all these things and these obsessions we, we really share, like, it's really strange that you've, <laughs> you've gone through, haven't went to a magic school bus with fairies and, uh, on the hill. Like, no, haven't done that. I'll take but the next time. <laughs> maybe. Jeez, man. Well, oh, how, was, man. how was those interactions with other beings, you know, cause you hear people talk about that. I mean, what was that to you? Was it visual? Was it, you know, all, you know, just audio? What, what did that seem like? So you want to really listen to this one? I'm actually going to make a podcast on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to share very briefly on this, yeah. but this, this one, I'm, I'm going to be sharing this because for a while I stayed silent for years because uh, when I would share it, obviously people didn't understand, but I feel like now is a time where obviously like our awakened collective can feel me, but this actually manifested in the flesh for me. Hmm. And it was the second time I ran away. Um, it was in, January, the first week of January of 2005, two months after my runaway experience uh, the first time. And uh, after I had already my diagnosis and I was already on medication. And, you know, I just, I hated that. I was like, oh, I can't be in these structures. I was like, screw the system. I'm not going to be, you know, being fed these pills and, and they're just trying to brainwash me. No one listens to me. So I just was like, I'm done. Like, I'm going to be a traveler. I don't care what happens to you, but I'm leaving. So I grabbed my, a, a little backpack and I just threw one shirt. Obviously, I didn't care about hygiene because I didn't even pack a toothbrush. <laughs> I just grabbed like a little backpack with literally one shirt. And then that shirt, I used it basically to, to trade it for like a 20 sack of weed. But basically, my, my thought was this. I need to go south. All I knew is I need to go south, like towards L.A. I need to disappear from this area. And um, so that day, this was my plan. I'm leaving. I found some, some hitchhikers that were going to go down south. I went back to, to hate Nashville. So I said, hippie hill, right? I went back to hippie hill. Cause I knew like, okay, I'm going to, I know how to get around now. So I know that I'm going to find hippies and I can take off. So that's what I did. So that's what I did. And I found him and we camped out and then we were going to catch a bus. Um, there was, there was a bus of hippies that were going to be going towards Venice beach the next day. So we were going to make a sign and we were going to wave them down in the, fr by, by the freeway. So we can, they can know it was us that we were going to hop down and we had a sign hippies going South. Anyways, we're, we walked all the way down to Ocean Beach and we waited. No one came. We were so tired and we're like, dude, it's almost going to be 420. We're out of weed. We haven't smoked any weed today. Uh, we're so sober. Like, dude, it's super late. Like, let's just go back to Hippie Hill. And then he said, all right, let's just wait five more minutes. If they don't show up, we're going to go back. We're going to go Spange. Spange means ask for spare change. We're going to get some Spange and we're going to like take a bus to, to Hippie Hill and make it for 420. So anyways, five minutes goes by, nothing. We cross the, the highway one on the other side, and then we hear honks. Burp, burp, burp. They're waving at us, so of course they left. We're like, well, wasn't meant to be. We'll go tomorrow. So we make it to, to Hippie Hill. The moment I stepped into the park and I was getting close to the center of the hill, there was this, it was just like this energy and it was like it was just like I can't even describe it but it was just this force okay and all of a sudden my eyes went to this girl that looked like my crush and she was sitting down and she was with a friend and there was this guy that was like facing her talking to her but 
I was so drawn to that because I saw her and she looked like that girl that I told that I was obsessed over. So I went over there. We were on the side. We were, we were, we were getting ready to smoke. 420 was about to hit. Now I had a camera. I I took a camera. I had a camera because I was a photographer back then of black and white. And um, all of a sudden, the guy turns and he sees me and he said, you're the one that I'm here for. And I looked at him. And then the girl that was sitting down right on the hill and, and that, that looked like the girl that I had a crush on, she looked at me. She's like, don't talk to him. He's crazy. He makes no sense. So I'm just like, heck yeah, I want to talk. So in my mind, I was like, yeah, I want to talk to this guy. Like, I want, I want to hear what he's, what he's going to say. Yeah. I was very curious. You know what I mean? <laughs> so anyways, so he begins to talk to me. And it was just something about him. Like, he wasn't human. Like, it was just like, there was something about him. And he, even the way he was dressed, he was wearing a hat. He was wearing all dark blue. He has a suitcase. And he has a hat. And the hat, he has it covered. So he only shows his left eye, but the hat, like, you know, like the front of the hat is covering his other eye. So you, you can only see one, like a, like an eye pyramid like this. And then he had earphones like this on his neck hanging. So he's talking to me and I'm just looking, he had these very like deep, powerful blue eyes. And I'm just looking at him like, I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, who is this? Is this? I was just like, is this God? Is this Jesus? Like this energy was so powerful that like, I just like, I couldn't understand it, but he was talking to me. And then everything he said, I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're the one. So he, he, opens, he opens the suitcase and he hands me a FedEx folder and he tells me to open it. So here I have this FedEx folder and I open it. I take the seal off and I open it. And inside of that FedEx folder is a bunch of images, like a collage that he made of images. And in each like paper is a collage of images of my life. It's symbols, symbols that represent my soul. Oh, that's weird. So, I just got a chill. Too. That's yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I just was like, who are you? And he just said, I'm a time traveler and I'm here to shift the future because of where we're headed. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, first of all, you can't leave. And I was like, why? He was like, there's a spiritual war going on right as we speak right now and they're after you like these energies are after you and if you leave if you go down south you're gonna die like this physical body that you're in something bad's gonna happen to you and if something bad happens to you it will create an entire ripple in our world because each life matters and when one person dies or one person makes a choice it doesn't just affect one person it affects the whole and we can't lose you you can't do this right now this is your mission i'm just like but like he was speaking to my soul right but like and then and then he starts telling me all these things and and here's a part he said you know what he was like i can't tell you anything now because right now at the level you're at you're not going to be able to understand me because you're programmed he said i need to deprogram you and i need to reactivate you so you can understand the next part of what i'm going to tell you so in that moment, I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, yeah, give it to me. Like, I don't care about anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like that mm -hmm. hardcore mentality. So uh, what he does is then he puts on earphones like this. He puts on this music that is like trance or something like just like out of body beats. Right. He puts them on me and he says, close your eyes. So I close my eyes. I'm standing up. And the moment that he put his hands over my head, my entire body is like pff, vibrating and it's being showered with 
it was like this blue light that poured into my crown chakra and it bathed my entire being. And I was like, I wasn't even here anymore. I was just like, I just, I felt like just love, like safety. I was just so safe and loved. And tears apart, I actually heard things in my mind, like in my brain, like, you know, like, like a computer when it's being like activated, like chips, like sparking. Well, my entire brain was tingling. I could feel all the light in my, in my brain, like neurons like activating and all this flood. It was all like flooding. I left my body completely. And then he did this thing where at the time, because I didn't know, I thought he actually like lifted me like physically, but he elevated me three times, like up and then back down, up, back down and up. And then, and then that's when all the energy went. And then after that, um, you know, he said, open your eyes. And I was just like, I mean, after that, I just, I couldn't question him anymore. You know, I just, I just followed him mm. and uh, then he began to talk to me in codes. Literally all of it was codes. Like he said, why did you get on the boat? And I was like, what? But when he was saying this, like part of me, like inside I understood him, but my human couldn't understand him. But because I had already opened up to like the abstract world, I could understand him abstractly, but he started to give me codes. And then he told me about numbers he told me about like he he was expanding my consciousness and activating me and reminding me of my mission, but in clues. He didn't tell me everything. He just sparked mm. clues within me. And then he said, do you choose a red pill or the blue pill? And then he never gave me an answer to anything. He just opened me up to what was happening. And for me to question, he, he opened the rabbit hole deeper for me. And uh, a lot of things happen. I'm going to go deeper into this. I'm going to make a podcast. But so many things happened that night with him. And I was sober because he told me not to smoke. He said I needed to be sober. The next day, the next day, he returned me to my mother. Like, uh, he said, I'm taking, your mother's going to come. And he said, your mother's going to be a witness that you're not crazy, that, you know, you really did meet me. So she actually met him. And she told him, obviously, that he was a time traveler and some of the stuff he told me about like my mom, like she didn't really believe me, you know, but like now when I'm able to like bring back and tell her stuff, she's just like, yeah, because she was confused. She was like, how did he, he knew my mom. He knew my siblings. You know what I mean? Like he knew all these things. And my mom was like, how do you know that? And because my mom didn't have any answers, like she, she just, you know, she didn't want to believe of like higher stuff. So she kind of just was like, yeah, maybe he was just like, cra like, you know, like on drugs or something like hallucinating, but he wasn't because of what I experienced when I was with him. And that was only one of the things that happened because more things happened that night that were really transcendental things like out of this world. Especially with him asking you to be sober, you know, like if, it, if, if he was under the influence of whatever, right? Like, then that, that would have been a request, you know, for you. I think that's a big yeah. sign. Yeah, and check this out. He told me this. Look, he said, he said this. This is why, you know, when you asked me what my favorite numbers were, my favorite number was five. Actually, first it was five, seven, and 13 because he made me obsessed with these numbers because he said that he was level seven, number 13, and that he revolves around all the 12. And he said that I was number five and that I would meet a group of individuals in the future. And that I was going to be part of a major shift. And this is why I could not die. And I needed to go back home. 
And by me going back home in the future, I would realize why. And he said that I chose to come into this life and experience what I'm experiencing now. He said that that depression, everything that I was experiencing in that moment was part of the plan and that the divine God never wanted that for me, but it was part of the mission that we have to complete. And that in the, in the future, there would be a time when we would start a revolution and I would meet a group of souls globally all around the world that would begin to awaken. So that's why I was obsessed for so many years. I was obsessed with like the end of the world. And I, would, I actually would receive um, predict like, you know, visions and dreams about our, con our collective consciousness. And within myself, I was experiencing all this, like, I didn't know at that time, but like now when I woke up in 2017, I began to like look into everything that was out there and what they were talking about, like these things, I actually had experienced them within my own dreams. And I had like experienced the shifts and like seen them in other dimensions of the energetic shifts that was happening globally. But back then, you know, like, because I was still, you know, put under that crazy and like drug addict label, mm -hmm. um, I didn't acknowledge myself back then. And I began to acknowledge it after 2017. Hmm. When did you meet him? What year? 2005. Huh. Damn, that's weird, man. And, and not weird, like, that's totally, that's why you got me sitting up in my chair a little bit. Like, I'm... That's right up my alley. Like I love hearing things like this and having those types of conversations because you don't hear, you know, a lot of people talk about these. And 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 most of the times when you do, you can tell it's like fake or it's fluff or it's just, you know, how people you've seen them. They're like, oh, I'm I'm this star race where I'm I've had contact with it. And I don't doubt some of those things, but a lot of those people are full of shit. And because yeah. you can just tell that they're just trying to uh, to push their own agenda or their it, everything revolves around business, right? Yeah. So trying to push their own business, their own whatever. And they just mask it with this cool sounding thing that people talk about. But I could, t like, I swear to God, like, I got, and anytime I get a chill, you know, like everybody gets them right, like, that's, you know, there's something to that. And so it, when you started telling me that, it, I got like multiple, huh? Yeah. And, and here's the thing it's like, um, you know, for the longest time, I was so obsessed that like, here's a part that really confused me because I felt like I was him. But then I was like, but how can I be him if like, I'm in this body, right? I was so confused. And then of course, because it just, I felt betrayed because I thought again, right? We expect, I thought that I was going to, you know, meet these group of people when I turned 18. Mm. And then nothing happened. And I was like, oh, I was played. I was betrayed. I was lied. And then, of course, I just felt like, great, I am crazy. You know, maybe I am crazy. So then I fed into that. And actually, I got so angry that I went into 10 years of darkness. I was so angry. This is why I told you that I hated anything to do with, like, spirituality or divinity. Because I was angry. And I was like, no, mm -hmm. that can't be true. I'm not going to change this world. Screw this world. This world's, this world's gone. Like no one cares about me. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I was so angry. And, um, anytime I would walk in front of a church, I would flip off the church and say, F you God, you know, I was mm. so angry. So, so angry. And this is why, uh, I did mention that in 2000, the end of 2015, that when I began to open up into like, okay, like I need a sign. I knew that I was at a very low point because for me, 
I was, I wanted nothing to do with that. But at this point, I, I deep down inside, I really didn't want to go back in that path, you know, because it was scary. And my fear was just like you. My only fear, my greatest fear was to lose my mind because mm -hmm. I know what that's like. And it's the worst. So I feared to lose my mind and I felt like I was losing it again. So I needed something to give me a sign. And that's when I saw the book Conversations with God. And that's why when I read the book and it was so abstract, I could feel like, wow, I'm not crazy. Because it was from that experience that then led me into all of this. And actually, here's the thing. After I met the time traveler, I was so obsessed. I wanted to meet him again. So what happened is this. I was obsessed and I needed to find him because he told me this. He said, you can always find me. He said, reconnect to the mind. Just call mm -hmm. upon me. But the thing is like, you know, I still, I, I felt like I needed the physical. So it's just like, when I needed him, I was just like, but where? And so then I began to see him everywhere and every people, every person that I saw, I saw him in everyone's eyes. And then I was like, do they know who I am? And I would look at everyone's eyes and I'm like, they're me. Yeah. That's him. So I began, see, at that time, I didn't know, but like, I began to see God in everyone. Mm. But it was because I was like looking for him, SP. He went under Sean P, SP. Number seven, no, level seven, number 13. And I just was so obsessed. Any person I saw and they would look at me, I just saw God in them. I saw divinity and I thought it was him. And then I was just like, they know. But then I'm like, so when they see me, do they know who I am? So I always question if people were just like pretending like they didn't know who I was, right? Yeah. And uh, it made sense, of course, in 2017 when I heard about Christ consciousness and unity consciousness and, you know what I mean? Then people mm -hmm. beginning to talk about, you know, this awakening and embodying the, uh, Christ consciousness. And obviously, like, after that, it was very easy for me to then see divinity in everyone because I had already done that without knowing you know, when I was looking for this time traveler and I would see him in everyone's eyes because I was obsessed searching for him again because mm. I needed more answers. So every time I, I got actually, I got really obsessed with psychedelics. And for three months, I dropped acid every single day on top of being on like five other drugs because Shit. I just, I needed answers. I needed to know, you know what I mean? I needed to find him again so he can tell me again more. I wanted more. <laughs> Yeah. I was I, always chasing. <laughs> yeah, I can't kind of blame you with that one, man. Like, you know, I kind of just leave dot, dot, dot behind that. Like, have you yeah. physically seen him ever again? Mm -mm. And I won't because I found him within myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was the magic. That was literally the magic of it. Because here's my thing. It could have actually been that there's multiple ways that this could have manifested, right? One could have been that this energy could have, you know, like descended into a person, right? That was the right candidate in that moment. And, you know, this, that, that, that body was just a vessel for mm. God's energy, this pure magic, because what he did wasn't human. Like this was not human. What he did and what happened, like a normal human doesn't do that. Okay. So, you know, this had to be obviously like my higher self coming down and descending into, into this, in the body of that person. And maybe that person doesn't remember, or, you know what I mean? It could be multiple ways, but it wasn't human. And I was meant to reconnect again with that, that energy, but it was going to be within me because mm. now I'm now everything that man, it's already manifest. Like I've already been connecting. I'm connecting with you. You know what I mean? I've already been connecting with, 
everything he said, like I'm already doing it. So, and I didn't see him because it would be within myself. Hmm. It was again, you know, like when we're looking for a savior and we're trying to like find this external savior, but no one's there, just you. Mm-hmm. He was just that, he, he was what I needed at the time. That's why my higher self presented itself like that for me to bring back hope because I knew that this world wasn't the way that it was painted to be. So I needed this for me. This is why everything like we were talking about earlier, destiny, how things are planned, right? Mm-hmm. That was planned because the mission where we are right now, it's so dense so dense that we need these kinds of interventions in our life this is why we go through hardship these are our interventions and that's what he told me he said this was part of the plan that you would fall in this darkness and depression and the suffering for you to then step into your purpose but you know he was just throwing little little crumbs here and there and that Mm -hmm. time i had no idea what he was talking about nothing i didn't understand him i had to go through more suffering and go insane. And he told me this, don't tell people because they're going to put you in the psych ward. What do I do? You know, I go open my mouth trying to tell people. That's where that woman warned you of him. It's almost like it could have been a, a trap if you would have listened to her because you were attracted to her too. You know what I'm saying? That, that chick that you were drawn to, right? Wasn't that, wasn't oh. it the same girl that said, Oh, don't talk to him. He's crazy. So that yeah, could so she, been, she, yeah. that could have very well been a trap because you said you were attracted to her like from a distance and then it sounded like you saw her first and then him and then he and she told you don't talk to him he's crazy but you talked to him anyway exactly so that was actually the setup because again my higher self knew that i would be attracted to this individual mm. so again energetically like if we see it from different dimensions how it happened it's no wonder because the same person that i was like focusing on he was focusing on you see Mm. that and this is where i'm going to dive into the podcast where i say but something happened later on that evening where you know he told me we can't close our eyes at the same time one of us always has to be awake and then this is where well i'll just say right here so basically what happened was that you know it was a whole adventure it was just like literally like the matrix you know when like neo is talking it was just like that right that whole experience And then we make it, he told me that we were going to stay at Kinko's because it wasn't safe to stay where we were at because of the dangers. And he began to see, don't look around. He was like, you don't see how everything is crumbling. Literally, like there was like pirates and like, because, you know, San Francisco, especially Hayton Ashbury, you got a, a lot of interesting people there. So he began to say, he said, look around. So I'm looking around and I'm just like, yo, like, hold on. Like I started to see like demons, like in all these people, I started to see their demons. I'm like, these aren't humans. They're just, they're not humans anymore, right? And then he tells me this. He said, no one loves me. No one knows me. Everyone hates me. So when he was saying this, the first thing in my mind I was thinking, is he talking about like Jesus or something? God? Because like, he sounds like he's talking about God, you know? And he's telling me, you know, all these people here, they don't know me. They reject me. They hate me. And then he began to tell me about the matrix. And he began to tell me about, Um, what's really happening in our governments and you know all of this just darkness and then we made it to this place kinko's which was like a place that was open 24 hours in san francisco and you can go in there and like print your stuff you know use Mm -hmm. like internet so we stayed in there because he said that he had to awaken more people like he had other souls and like other uh states that he needed to go find 
to clear out because he says that in the past we made a mistake and he needed to travel into time mm. to clear out the most every the, what we did because if not the fate of the world you know where it was headed it was going to go a very you know just not the way that it's planned so we always stop it before it gets to that point of like full-on destruction there's a lot of so, shows that allude to that too yeah exactly so. and so so basically what happened is we're in Kinko's, right? He tells me we can't sleep at the same time. One of us always has to remain awake. So anyways, I closed my eyes and I got up and I went outside because I was going to go like uh, ask for a cigarette. And I went outside the store. And then as soon as I go outside, a car pulls up and then this woman walks out of Kinko's, that store, and she op- they open the door of the backseat and they try to throw me in the backseat of the car. Like they were kid. Like here's the thing. I know no this. Shit. So there's here's what I can tell you for sure. There's two timelines in my life as Jess that I could have been kidnapped. At least there's other timelines. But I'm just gonna say two right now. Recent, like from 2005 to 2000. Well, actually, there's more than that. But these ones, I'm gonna say. They were trying to traffic me, like har- harvest me. They were trying to harvest my energy. Okay, this is what actually these dark forces were trying to do. They were trying to take me and harvest me so these people it was a man in a car black man in a car and this black woman that came out and they were trying to kidnap me so what happened is he woke me up and then i woke up and i was like i was like thank you i was like i was having a nightmare he was like no it's not a nightmare it really happened look up i look up and the woman in my dream is walking out of the door and he said i just went in time again and i switched things up because they were gonna kidnap me i'm telling you he said Right now, it is a powerful war going on right now. This is why I need to get you back home. And you need to stay with me all night because it's going to keep happening. These forces are trying to prevent you from, you know, doing what you're meant to do. Like, they're after you. And this is why I'm here to protect you and return you to your mother. And I was still being stubborn. I was still like, no, nah, I'm fine. Like, I'm not going to, nothing's going to happen to me. Um, but so many things happened that were just not of this world. And even how I called my mother, I didn't want to call her. He got in my mind and made me call her. Mm. So, uh, yeah. They talk was, of, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of talk about that with hermetic philosophy, being able to, you know, activate somebody else's mind um, and affect not only the energy, but thoughts and, and I don't want to say control, but, huh. Cause it's weird, man. Cause I'm just sitting here listening. It's like, cause for one, I've had one experience where, where basically it was, it was telling me like everything's in code and what it, what it sent to me is like it, me and my brother used to play video games as a kid. Well, first off, great story. Like that, that's the kind of stuff I love. Like I love hearing stuff like that because it's so real and I trust you. Like you're not going to sit here and make this shit up. And like, man, like that really like, it doesn't blow my mind because I, but it, I love to hear stuff that actually happened like that because, like I said, for one, there's all these. You see it on Netflix. There's a show where there's time travelers and some of the other people have other powers, and the time traveler has the most issues because he sees so many timelines and all this other shit. Um, and two, like it's funny with the codes that you said that because I had an experience one time where it's like it it was telling me because me and my brother play video games a lot, and we used to write down cheat codes all the time, like for all the like playstation and we'd have pages and pages of cheat codes and basically that's what it was telling me like everything's code 
that you know it didn't make sense at the time but it made sense now but it makes even more sense now and it's also funny too which this is so random but i'm just gonna throw it out there because i've never had anything quite like that happen but this one experience is like i was in washington dc and same thing well this super unconscious i was probably like 21 22 drinking everything and this black guy walks by me can't remember what we really spoke about but he's basically like follow me followed him and he lifts his sleeve up and his shirt up and he says do you know what it's like to live in the life of a reptile and i said no and i felt his skin and it felt just like a snake and so like and i've i've googled it i've looked at everything it's like the only thing that like i could picture is like his skin was so tattooed that it create created these grooves but I've looked everywhere on the internet and I can't find anything that anybody's remotely even done like that. So like if I don't know and I can't find the damn picture of it and I've looked through every phone I've had and the clouds and I can't find it, but I'll never forget that. Cause a lot of my, my memory's kind of bad. Um, like I don't remember a lot of things, especially with my childhood and, and just other scenarios, like it just, it's a blank. And I think cause I was so unconscious with certain things that like, it's just a blur to me, but that's one thing that like stuck out in my mind and I'll never forget it because I touched his skin and, and see, I don't know who knows, right. What the whole reptile thing and what that really means and the message behind that, you may have some, some thoughts to that, but man, like that's, huh. That's really interesting to me. It, uh, but so he basically like he saw he basically put what would have happened in your mind while you were sleeping and then it was so real to you that when or at the time it was so real you like you woke up and thought it was a dream but he knew what was actually happening and you saw that same person well what's happening is actually what really happened is that you know again the switch there was a switch as in timeline jumped so it was just like, you know, there's times like glitches in the matrix, right? Glitches in reality where in order to continue the play, right? We got to make sure that the players are still in or else the game's over. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, because I'm playing this game and, you know, uh, when we're key players, we need to stay in the game or else the game's over. So this is why I had to have intervention outside of this realm and to be able to shift, right, these things. and bring order to this reality, to this timeline. So we as a whole, as a collective can go on the path because each and every one of us, we impact one another. Right. And when we're key players, if we don't fulfill our mission, I mean, it just, it just can't, it can't happen. It will never happen. It cannot be allowed. The universe. So laws will not allow that Mm -hmm. because it'll throw everything off. So it never, it doesn't happen. It needs to be like an intervention. This is when, we have outside forces that do intervene and can have the power to shift things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Collapse. So that was what happened. So it's like, it did happen, but again, you know what I mean? It was because no. the thing is like, I woke up and I was like taking a nap and I got up and I was like, Oh, I need a cigarette. You know? So I walked out, had a cigarette and then that happened. I was about to, cause I didn't even get the smoke. I was trying to get a cigarette. And then that all that happened and then he woke me up again so then that's when he said that he had to switch everything up again because of all these energies that were you know trying to hijack 
Mm. They were trying to hijack this timeline. So you actually experienced it like it did happen, but yeah, it's it happened. Sleep. Yeah, it happened. So that's why when he woke me up, I was like, I, I, then that's why I thought it was a nightmare <laughs> because he woke me up. But I had woken up and I got out of the the kinkos. Like it was just like you know, just walking, you know, just like a walking consciousness. Just like you're up, you're doing it. And it was like in that moment when I was shoved into the car, I didn't go in the car because the moment they shoved me in, he woke me up. So that's where, it, boom, the switch happened. So then that prevented me from being taken. Shit. Yeah. So just a lot of stuff which, was happening which, like that. Which at the time perceived, like you perceived it as a dream, which I guess in reality it happened in a, in a certain reality. Exactly, right. exactly. And I, and I was able to perceive it as well because of uh, obviously like those 16 days of just being on psychedelics and like I had opened myself up to like all kinds of dimensions and abstract. This is why I was very called to listen to people who were called crazy because I was like, hold on, I, ha- I need answers. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I was think very we see a lot of that in the homeless community, man. I think a lot of people that are yeah. homeless or that are struggling are probably like some of the brightest minds. And we they just- are. They are. And this is why they're diagnosed um, with a mental illness, because, of course, Western doctors, they're not going to understand anything. They don't even believe in reincarnation. Hmm. So, I mean, they're very linear. And when we're talking like abstract and long, long, uh, non-linear, they're going to think like, OK, this person's psychotic. They're delirious. You know, they must have done some acid or something. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of got a message just now, man, because I've got like a recruiting background, like my whole corporate spiel. I was a recruiter and blah, 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 blah. Got out of corporate, still did recruiting and all this stuff, but something just, because I've been on this mad pursuit of like my purpose, right? And again, it's kind of like mm. the snake chasing its tail. Anytime we try to pursue it so much, it's always going to try to avoid us. Um, and so, you know, I had an experience a few weeks ago where it just really reminded me to let go but I got this weird message and this could be like a higher purpose for you and I coming together. Cause I definitely know there's something there. Like there's some reason why I feel so connected to you and why we're even having this conversation, but there's, there maybe could be a way where like I can, we can figure out cause it, I mean, I could just feel it, man. Like we can figure out a way to, to, and I don't want to say like find homeless people jobs, but a way to, to find more sustainable living for the homeless through like through your experiences, through my background, through different things that we could come together and collaborate on. And because look, because here's an example and this is just flowing through me. It may not make sense right now, but it will later on. Cause I'm sometimes I'm a too big of a picture thinker. I'll think about shit that's way out there, like too far ahead. Just like that. (laughs) It's a best. And, And so I saw this lady the other day, um, her whole business is revolved around, it's called, it's called cornbread hustle and she's a great marketer and blah, blah, blah. But her business revolves around getting people with felonies jobs. Mm -hmm. So she, and that's what the whole play on cornbread hustle is that, you know, she gets these people from prison and shit and she gets some jobs with all these, uh, employers that are like, yeah, we, you know, we'll give them a shot. Like we don't mind them having this felony. So if there's something like that for that, then why isn't there something like that for the homeless? And then pertaining that to, um, you can even niche it down even more to mentally ill or homeless with this. I hate the word disability, so I don't even like throwing it out there. But there's got to be something 
like that and we can, you know, continue the conversation obviously, but that's just something that popped in my head that could be a, a potential bigger reason why um, we come together. Cause like, or I don't know, man, like that's just the idea. Cause there's not something out there that actually, I think there's little small things, but there's nothing really out there that helps homeless people in, for lack of a better term, get jobs with, with conscious organizations. Cause that's why I stopped doing what I was doing. Cause like I got tired of running into the same schmucks, you know, just worried about productivity and how to save time and squeeze every dollar they can out of the person. Right. I felt like I was just feeding the machine. I felt like I was just like, I can't do this anymore, but our experiences are for a reason. And everything I keep reading about my chart is like, okay, if you can get everything in your experiences to communicate with itself, all these pieces that you've done, that can lead to what you're ultimately meant to do. So it's just really interesting. It's just sidebar, but, huh. Mm -hmm. But that's beautiful, actually, because um, I, I, that's one of the things, and this is the part that sometimes makes it difficult because I have all these, like, powerful ideas, but then the money thing comes in yeah. and all of this. So it's just been like, okay, well, if I don't do it, you know, I got to, like, inspire somebody to do it. And it's actually what you're saying. This is, um, you know, I got involved actually working with, like, the homeless community and, uh, like, you know, just, like, mental health community and just talking to the homeless all the time and, like, getting try to get to know them. and listening to them and hearing their cries and it just made me feel like like I, I really wish I had the funds and the money to create something for the the souls so because there are some that are just really really lost you know like they're just so gone but there are a lot of them that they're not lost they just don't have anyone to support them and people just see them like they're just trash mm -hmm. and they're very bright souls they just kind of like feel like they're the forgotten ones so this is something that um, I have definitely uh, planted the seed uh, to manifest somehow, whether it's me doing it, right? Whether it's me telling you, yes, let's, you know, this is something like, you know, this could be a, a major project that, that would be great. And, you know, in any way that I can, you know, support and assist or connect with. And um, actually one of my soul, soul family, he's one of my clients. And uh, he had this, this idea came up to him as well, because he also, um, you know, he has a past of like mental illness, you know? Um, and we were just talking about the homeless and he told me like homeless people are so intelligent, you know, this. And he was like, I just wish that like I could create like a, a shelter, a home where like, you know, I'm like, wow, you're literally speaking something that like I felt was missing in this world and no one's doing it properly. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. what you're saying, I mean, this is definitely something that's needed some way, somehow. Um, but it is because there's a lot of, there's a lot of homeless people that, because I was, uh, you know, I put myself out there and, you know, people that didn't know me, obviously like, yeah, I had a home, but like, it just, I didn't feel like I belonged there. And most of the people that I would talk to that were homeless, they ran away from their home because of the life that they had and they didn't want to mm -hmm. be there or they were kicked out or, you know, they all had some really tragic story of why they just chose to be homeless. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy to hear this this idea, you know, so this within yourself. Yeah, and it's a nest. And you know what? Something that really, I try not to let it bug me. But again, like I can't help to like feel people's energy. And this is what I see a lot in the you know spiritual conscious community of people just like flat. Again, they just you know they're just all about um, um, capitalizing on people's pain. And then they create something 
and it's like super high price and they only make it like exclusive for certain people and then they have so much money they don't do anything back with it they just use it to have more money and to invest for their own projects for their retreats for people that can pay ten thousand dollars for the retreats or you know for this or for that but like what are you really doing with that money like do you really need all that money or if you're just gonna like send it out to some you know foundation you don't even really know what that foundation is doing mm-hmm. here um like why don't you actually do something with that like why don't you actually create something with that? and this yeah. is actually leading up to what i'm doing in one month i have a flight ticket to mexico and i am on my path to creating self-sustainable living um and creating a retreat center um and these kinds of things um money i don't have much money but i have inner wealth and i know that wherever i go i'll be guided so um it's gonna be really powerful it's gonna open up a lot of things um a lot of things that are gonna come about and i really want to connect with um you know getting to know like the the children and the people that need help and how i can like help out and reach out like what can i do to create these things and this is why i want to connect with leaders like yourself you know, worldwide, so we can make establishments for the people, for the souls that are waking up, but they don't have money. They mm. don't have these resources. You know what I mean? Like a safe haven. So check this out. So uh, a couple podcasts ago, I actually interviewed the, the, the founder of Myco Meditations, and you can Google it after. I mean, but it's one of the, the biggest uh, mushroom retreat centers there is. It's in Jamaica. Mm where they're fully wow. legal, right? The guy, it's a crazy story. The guy got arrested years ago. I mean, check out that it's really wild story. So we became friends and he's actually got a nonprofit called Pledge. And I can't remember what each step, but it's basically around psychedelic um, uh, education and advocation. And not only that, but he's big on working with be, being a white guy. Like he, it's funny how he's got this whole story with like being attracted to Jamaica and stuff at a very young age and had all these crazy experiences and felt like that was his people. And that's why he lives out there now. And um, so what he's doing is he's creating this nonprofit that a not, not only allows people to go out there to Jamaica free of charge and, but B have also these life changing experiences with this medicine that's so hush hush in the Western society, but he advocates for like even children at a uh, an acceptable age and older right um we've even got a guy that's uh, a sheriff a retired sheriff that's a big part of the the nonprofit. and he just added me to the group so there could be some collaboration there that we can talk about and how we can yeah. maybe um help him and then help this and then he'll give you money for like wow as you're saying does. that as you're saying that like i have like shivers like i have this energy just like like it just started at the back, like here, mm-hmm. it's all on my shoulder. Like I feel it all like, you know, it's funny because I'm feeling it here, which mm-hmm. again, it's just like taking weight off your shoulders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, I, but it's also like energy, just like, uh, like tingles, like tickles, like, yeah. like, you know. Well, that's, what's weird with me, man. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm a, I'm one of those people that like, I can do a lot of things, but I'm really not, I wouldn't call myself a master at anything. Um, but I, I'm a connector. So it, I feel like I've had a message before too, that like it's my responsibility to take all these subject matter experts and connect them and bring this big massive web together because that's just what I'm good at. I'm good at like 
connecting the dots. Like I can go through my brain and, and pinpoint these certain moments in time with my experiences and match those with other people's and see that how it all interconnects. And so that's powerful. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Like I think I don't, I don't have all the answers right now. And that's something I've just recently learned too. Like I always felt like I had to have all the pieces, but I think this is so big and you and I are already so young that, you know, it may not happen in a week, however long, but it's going to happen. And the pieces are massively coming together right now. And, and again, it's, it's just revealing itself of why you and I came together before um, or, or, or now. And I'm sitting here thinking about all these other, and it wouldn't even make sense if I spat it out, but all these other people I've been connected to within the last year that's connected with the homeless community, that's connected with, with medicines, that's connected with uh, uh, retreat centers, that's connected with uh, agriculture and permaculture and that knows about the land. Cause my ultimate dream was to create. And again, like I, you know, I, I too, like I struggle with money and have a weird relationship with money and, you know, especially walking away from everything. And I kept beating myself up because I've been in such a limbo trying to figure out, out everything. I feel like my time's running out, but like all this massive plan is coming together. Um, I've ultimately wanted to create a, a, a nonprofit or something that uh, helps helps kids with mental health it to improve to improve our future generations mental health and expand human consciousness is that simple yeah that's what you're wow like what you're saying like we're speaking our soul right now yeah it's really it's true and and it's so simple and the the ways we do that is through mentorship peer connection and nature yes 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 and the mentorship comes from kids of their age from their sector from different walks of life and not trying to say, oh, you're in kindergarten, you, you hang out with this, these kids that are this years old, and you're in first grade, you hang out with these kids. And the, No, you got kids of all walks of life, races, backgrounds, ages, all this. You put them together. They ment- You have different mentors at different levels. You also have other people that are coming outside donating their time, yoga, meditation, right? all these tools that are helpful. But the biggest part is it, gives, it creates this bubble that's outside of the school system you know, something like, all right, like Mind Valley. Have you ever heard of that? Like Mind Valley. Yes. For, mm-hmm. So again, another resource, but you got to have money to be able to do these things and ship your kids off to all these things. And that's kind of what pisses me off about him yes. because it's the same thing. Like he's over advocating, you know, human consciousness and he gets on his spills. I, I, I know people that's interviewed him and I hear his shit and I'm just like, you know what, man, like if you were really trying to do something, it wouldn't be for the people that could just pay the high ticket. Cause it's not cheap to go to mind Valley, yes. even, even to have these subscriptions to like listen to audio and all this other shit. Right. Like I get it, man, we need to make money and survive and blah, blah, blah. But he's not creating anything sustainable. Everything he's creating is something for people that have money already and they can send their kids off to something like mind Valley or whatever. Um, and that's not where it is. And it's not, it's got to be something that's accessible to everybody, no matter where you come yes. from. Cause that's the problem that we run into is that we've got such divide within these things that it creates such a barrier, you know, cause look at people like you and I, you know, if we had massive amounts of money, just imagine the things that we could do. But the reason we don't, it holds us back. And, and seeing that's, I think another part of the, the lessons and the learning is, is that's not what it's about. It's going to happen anyway. Right. Like yeah. you said, that inner wealth and, 
And that's really something I've been really trying to learn because I've for so long I chased and played that corporate game. And then I'm still trying to it's being a father, like, because, you know, I haven't been the breadwinner for the last little while. Right. And so it doesn't hurt my ego or pride or anything, but it, 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 it causes fear in a way because it's like, okay, that's the natural selection. That's how we survive. But if we really take a step back and look at it, then it, it, it'd be a fool to say there's not always a way. And it, it doesn't have to be hustling and bustling and grinding and all this shit that the outside world sells you. But it's this thing that lives within us that, you know, the biggest thing I had a problem with growing up and you, anytime I talk about kids, I get riled up. The biggest thing I had a part um, of growing up is like, why me? Like, I, I never felt worthy of anything. I always, and I've been talking to a friend about that, the masculine chasing versus the feminine receiving. And I've always been in tune with my masculine and feminine energy as a man. But the biggest thing I haven't been in tune with is I've always chased everything. I always chase women, I always chase experiences, money, chase, 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 chase. And even with dating, people would be like, oh, Lee, you're a decent looking guy, man. You got game. Why are you chasing these women? And I would just be so obsessed with like the chase. And mm-hmm. so like even now, you know, I was so infatuated with like going after everything. It's like, I'm really trying to reprogram my subconscious and my mind. Of, like, all right, man, just sit back. And like, cause we feel like we're not doing anything. Right. Cause constantly I'm telling myself like, Oh, you're lazy. You're not doing anything. But like, that's why I like snakes. I got one back there, like reptiles, you know, in the sense of a snake, because like they conserve so much energy. They don't sit there and, and chase their prey and they don't go after it. I mean, they hunt strategically, but they strike right at the right moment. 90% mm. of the time they're going to hit whatever they're striking at, but it takes so much of that energy and that precision to just pounce like that. Cause they've, they're, 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 it's calculated. You know, and so it's, 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 it's been symbol symbology to me in a way to like, A, learn more patience and B, learn to be on the receiving end. Cause I'm so used to having to do that. Um, but it, and honestly, and it's still a belief I'm, I'm working on integrating and, and overcoming. And I know I'm rambling a lot right now, but it's something that really charges me up because, you know, our, our future is our kids, man. And just as a father, um, that couldn't be more true to me. And like, like with your mother, with your family, with the people you met, like if it wasn't for all those people, you wouldn't be where you are today. And I wouldn't be where I was at today. And a lot of that happens when we're so young, all these years from adolescence to, te- to, to young adults. Right. But because by the time we're, I think I've read something before, like in our thirties, maybe everything's kind of like almost, uh, you know, it starts imprinting big time. And I, I think there's a lot you can uh, undo, but it gets harder. Right. Mm-hmm. And so why are we not allocating all so much more energy and time and money into our kids? We still got the same shitty. My dad was a public school teacher. So I, I, I I've seen it. We still got the same shitty old uh, public school system. And then even if you got the money to pay for private, it's still bullshit. And I was watching the Simpsons episode the other day and they were talking about STEM and they were making fun about how basically this is just some sophisticated way of saying, Hey, we're just going to teach you to how to play with fucking computers and learn to uh, um, put people out of jobs anyway. And we're just making you the computer of the computer. And so it's just mm-hmm. some fancy ass way to say, Hey, this is still a, the busted ass school that we have. Um, and then now it's called STEM, you know, that I can't remember the acronym for it. So, 
any, and that's probably what like my, <laughs> I'm answering my own questions right now and I'm going on a tangent, but that, that's where I get the most energy from is talking about kids, man. And talking about like our future, because imagine if, you know, we had what we're talking about right now, earlier on, we weren't supposed to, but we were supposed to experience the things that we experienced to come out on the other side, to be able to do that for other people, I think. You're speaking my soul. Everything you just said, um, I've had the same downloads. Uh, I appreciate oh, you letting me share that and for a minute. Because, everything. You know, I feel like it's been sitting there oh, of course. for a long time in my life. Of course. I mean, this is what we're doing. This is necessary. Well, the thing is, this is exactly what it's about. Like, what you're describing right now is the whole mission right there. Mm. Like, everything you just said, like, those are the answers right there. You know how you were saying that like, you've been searching and searching? But it's because that's the answer right there. Because this is exactly, but the thing is, it's the journey. It takes us on different spirals because all the pieces are here for us. But we have to keep going to get all the pieces together. And then the further we go and we raise our consciousness, we could see it from a higher perspective looking down. And then we can mm -hmm. see where these pieces will fit. So what you're saying, this is exactly what we're headed for. And, you know, I didn't know how I was going to do that because what you're feeling, this was my frustration. I was like, how am I going to do this? I have no money. And then especially when, when I left everything, because I was just like, you chase, 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 chasing, you know? And I left everything and I was like, okay, here I am. How, you know, like, what is my purpose? Like, I felt I had a purpose, but I didn't know exactly. Like, I wanted one thing to focus on because just like you, I had so many things. But I'm like, mm -hmm. what's my one thing? Well, here's what I found out. I don't have a one thing because we're multidimensional. But as we go through our life, we go through different stages where we fulfill these aspects that we want to get to, right? So what happened with me is um, since last year, I actually, uh, when I came back from traveling the East, I got a job working um, for the county for um, an organization called uh, the National Alliance of Mental Illness called NAMI. Hmm. And uh, I began to obviously like, you know, by just by sharing my life experience, that was all I needed. So then I just began to do um, a lot of outreach and I was going doing, you know, going into schools and going into uh, middle schools and high schools and talking about these things. And, but I didn't go in like, Oh, I'm going to be with the system. I came in to destroy the system as an insider to start mm -hmm. speaking the truth. And then I got stuck in this feeling like, okay, I'm seeing all the flaws in the education system. I'm seeing all the flaws in the mental health system because I was um, working with people that are the old generation and I'm seeing all the flaws in general, just like the way that the medical people do this and the government. How can I create this impact? It has to be because I have to create my own thing. So then I had this like, what you described was the same thing that I had to download of what was needed to do. The children mm. creating this, what you just described was the same download I got. But then what happened was that um, the money thing, of course, the money thing has always been the thing, right? I'm just like, okay, so I wanted just what you described. And then the same thing with the homeless people. Like I had all these ideas, but no money. So I started to get really down. I'm just like, oh my God, like I need to get through defeating this lack mentality because I need to get through this so I can manifest the finances to be able to connect with people that are however it's going to happen that have the funds. And I don't even care if it's on me doing it. I just want someone who can do it to do it with the right intention, you know? Um, so I feel you like when you're saying that, like I feel you because that has troubled me. And this is why like 
I gave so much of my energy in the community, trying to be the voice, trying to be an example, trying to shift things. And then I realized what a burnout that is because mm. in the end, you're still in their system. You know what I mean? And you're still like going through different people and no one really is ready because they're still like very like that old generation. So this is why I was actually grateful for the whole coronavirus thing to happen because right before it happened, I was going to be a part of this program called Ending the Silence. And we're going to, I was going to be leading this thing where we're going to go like to all the high schools and like different counties and beginning to talk about suicide. And my intention was I was about to bring in the generational trauma and going deep and, you know, finding my way around the kids to really like, you know, because I wasn't going to come in mm-hmm. with, you know, this old mentality. No, I'm coming in here to upgrade them. But the thing is that obviously after the whole um, shutdown happened, all the projects got closed down. Um, so then that's when I knew it was my time to leave everything that I was building, like thinking that I was going to build within the system and outside of the system. And then this is why now I knew it was time to make my next move, which is I need to go to Mexico and learn how to be self-sustainable. And from there, I'm going to open up doors to all the things and the projects, connections that I need to then be able to do this without the idea of like, you need to have money the certain way, but really doing something for our collective. Because if I do this, I will also, you know, be an example for people that don't have any money, but you just got to trust. You just got to trust and surrender and you'll have that wealth and you'll be able to help so many people. But, you know, not in the conventional way, not in the conventional way of thinking like, oh, I'm going to win the lottery or I need to save all of this money. No, like literally like whatever money you have. And then there's so many like I found my ways like me and my wife right now. She's she's in Paris but we're going to be meeting in Mexico. And what we're doing is, as we, we got enough money over the, over the time of the quarantine, we saved enough money just between both of us, not a lot, but you know, just some money, like uh, under $10,000, just to be exact, under $10,000, like each of us, I I don't care about sharing this stuff, uh, basically like $5,000 each just to be able to, and then literally with those five, we're going to like crunch up our money put it together because we're going to start investing this in shares uh, to invest in some land so Mm -hmm. we can create this environment for people that don't have anything and just to restore the land again and then for us then be able to connect with the the people from the area and give back again and just like you know whatever that opens up it's going to open up a lot of things so right now I'm just I'm letting go of control and I just know that like as I surrender and I have my intention and my purpose, my vision clear. I know that the universe will do that. And by us having this conversation, I mean, that's a huge sign. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I've, this got, is exactly- I've got a friend that wants to do the same thing with land. And it's funny because there's a retreat center, I call it, called Sacred Grove. And it's an hour from me and it's got like 10 acres. Um, the lady's basically done with it, like spiritual lady, like, you know, She's got cabins, she's got yurts, she's got like ropes, courses. I mean, she's got everything. It's turnkey ready. And again, like I've, I've been so set on that land for like years. Like I've always wanted it. Um, and, and, and it's always the money, man. It's always the money. But like in my deep heart and soul, like I've always been like, there's going to be some way. So that's something we can talk about too, man, is like how, because my friend, the permaculture, um, uh friend i alluded to earlier she's like big into like uh perma i don't know if you know what permaculture is i just learned what it was yes yes 
So it's permaculture. A, That's actually what I'm going to be doing out there. Perma, I'm going to learn permaculture. It's, it's all connected, man. Cause like she's big and she's grown everything, mushrooms, trees, fruit, like you name it, she's grown it for, and she's been doing that for probably like over five years. So I can connect you with her and she'd be more than willing to like help you out and whatever. And I think we all would need be great. to do like a call together and start taking these individual pieces and start piecing them together. And again, like I think, like you said in the beginning, it's just taking action. The seeds planted, let's start watering it. Let's start taking care of yeah. it because it's there and we may not see the finish line. We may not know where the money's going to come from. But again, I'm good at shit like that. Like I'm, I've talked to all these corporations and I've sold and I've done all shit. Like I can ask as just as, better than I can sell, especially if it's something I'm aligned to. So it's nothing for me to send out a message or pick up the wow. phone and call these organizations and corporations. And all it takes is one, it takes one person to make a donation and not even need a, a nonprofit, um, you know, 501, because most people that just want you to have a 501 just want the tax benefits anyway. But it takes one person to say, you know what? Um, I align with what you're saying, what you're doing. And I planned out, out all this yesterday. I was, you know, I was like, but, and I, I felt fear and I turned around and reset it all again. I spent all my day like getting all my messaging ready and what my LinkedIn profile was going to say and all this shit. Like, and it was basically around kids. Like I help uh, kid, uh, children, teens and young adults with their mental health. Da, da, da. I had it worded perfectly. So ready to do it. And then boom, the fear money came in. And so I think that's, why we've even gone this far in talking about this because it's an illusion and it's our responsibility to push past that um to to, to know that it'll be taken care of because all it does is take us one man it takes one person to be like you know what and to authentically share that story and just be like hey look you know don't have the money right now have this plan have re- have everything in place you know you just need the right resources and right help because just like you said earlier, there's so many people expect, I'm, I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So there's so, it's like the banking capital of the East. And I mean, you got people sitting on bukus of money, you know, investing in shit, doing this, doing that. I mean, man, it wouldn't be nothing for some of these cats to turn around and write 10, 20, $30,000 check. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know, man. I'm kind of, I'm literally getting words. emotional right now, man. Like, as you're saying this, like, as you're saying this, I'm, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> well, well, I'm getting two, emotional because two, I... Two, you're a really good speaker, so listen to this. It, this just happened today, and this is a lot, man. I know we're throwing a lot at each other, but keep it riding. I uh, went to this thing. The, okay, so I told you I kind of backed off from the recruitment thing, blah, blah, blah. Well, I've been getting really stressed for money because like I've, I've kind of pushed it a little too far. Or I've only got like a few, again, I don't mind sharing this, whatever. I've only got a few more months left where I'm like, well, shit, I'm out of money. So I was going to go for this private eye job because I always thought like it'd be cool, whatever. It's like, it's not law enforcement, but you get to like snoop around and like be a detective and just long story short, it didn't work out. The day it didn't work out, I was supposed to go to the speaking event gig or whatever, and what it was, this guy reached out to me and he's basically creating online resources for speakers. And I willy nilly put myself out about being a speaker, which I don't even really consider myself a speaker, but I like to speak. So I've just always market myself as a speaker. And so he reaches out and I tell him I, I probably can't make it. Well, 
boom, the private eye thing, they told me like, look, you're overqualified. You're going to want too much more money. You, we don't like, basically like they won't, they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And so I end up getting to go to this event and it's like four or five of the people. One guy's got a nonprofit for kids and works at a nonprofit. This other woman's a realtor and she does all these other cool things. Like really like three or four really cool people. And so we go and I get a chance to like record and speak. I'm like, man, this is cool. Didn't think nothing of it. Really wanted to stay in touch with the guy. Really good energy. Today, we have a phone call at five. We had a phone call at five o'clock and he, um, he's growing this, this business and his whole thing is around motivation. So what he's doing, he's taking speakers doing audio and video and then mixing that with music. He's basically saying that's going to be the future, especially with everything going on right now. A lot of things are going online. So he's creating these reels for speakers with this badass music. Kind of like, you know, you can pull up an Alan Watts video and hear him speak and have music mixed with it. It creates that nice flow of like motivation and like, you know, upbeat or chillness of music. So it's got, that's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's something to me that I think is going to blow up. But anyway, yeah, he was telling me today, like, look, you know, cause I told him the other day, I was like, look, man, I don't have much money. would love to like figure out a way where if you could help me promote myself, I can like give you referrals or something. Like I'm always about like even exchange. And so yeah. he calls me up today and is like, look, you know, I thought about what you said, yada, yada, yada. He's like, I kind of want you to be like my first partner employee in this segment of the business. I was like, okay. And I, I got really excited. Started talking to him. He's like, look, I can't pay you you know, I'll pay you a certain percent for the referral. But long story short, he was basically saying like, I want you to be like a piece of this um, and help me grow this thing. Out of all the people he's met and whatever, for whatever reason, he was like, it was, and he kind of alluded to this. He was like, oh, it was divine intervention. And we didn't talk nearly, not even a quarter of deep is what we're going into now. But he mentioned, he's like, oh, it's divine intervention. Because I told him it was weird, just the timing and what he was saying and everything. I was like, huh. So tying it all back into this, man, like you're a really good speaker. So if there can be a way where you and that's where I was trying to get at with that long wind story, you're a really good speaker. And so through this avenue that I'm going through, there probably will be a way where we can take your voice, your message, mix that and highlight it with the speaking reel and then start putting that out there and market that to these organizations, to these businesses, which I, I know how to do and promote that promoter and because i've always always been a shitty self-promoter like i don't like talking about myself i don't like promoting myself it even hurts sometimes to say that like i can do something so i think we can come together do those things and promote that voice promote that 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 flow and that energy and people will come to that man wow brother uh again i'm getting emotional because it's just like uh we know how we were talking about earlier about like planting the seeds. Everything you're saying right now is literally like the divine just speaking through you and verifying the path because everything you're saying right now, like what you've been telling me about how we can connect. I've been praying for this. I, I've had this mm. vision. Like I literally said, I know that in the future, I'm going to connect with someone who has a finances and is ready to, to hear this cause and to be able to help. Because I felt it within me, like, just like you, like, I suck at promoting myself. It hurts me to promote myself. And anytime, this is why for so long, like, I've just been doing, like, free healings and coachings. And it got to the point where I was left with obviously nothing. Because, like, you know, I just, 
I just want to give. And then what do you do? You know what I mean? Um, and then if we want to do these big projects, then we can't because we don't have the finances. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like, okay, for these big projects, I can't do this alone. Like I need to connect with people who can make these moves, you know, that I can connect with and they can hear me and hear this message. And for us to align, because it's not just mine and it's not mine. Like it's not mine. Nothing is mine. Like I'm just, I'm here, you know, but it's nothing that's mine. I just want these ideas to be heard and for us to give it life and for the, the intention to be pure and not to be obviously abused by people because we already know what happens when right. people, you know, are not pure and they do these things and then they take advantage of, it, especially with children, you know, and with everything that's going on in the world. So having the right souls with, the, you know, that are ready to align. And, and I've literally had this vision in 2017, but I didn't know how it was all going to come together. And I just, uh, it was frustrating for me because, you know, I just, I wanted to, 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 to do so much and to connect with souls, but, you know, it was still like finding the, the people, the actual people. And this is why when you said that, like, we were definitely like, you're one of those souls that I'm meant to connect with for these larger, you know, global skill movements that we're mm. doing. Yeah, I can see. So man, thank I, you. I already know. Oh, thank you. Like, I already see, like, again, probably pit, thinking too big picture. Like, I would love to to have you as a partner and a friend and just, a, again, a, even a, bu a business partner to whatever we're going to create. Because I know, like, I've been asking for the same thing because it's, for one, I always, I always know like it's a pro and a con of mine. I, I like having an accountability partner. Um, I like having somebody that not only can like know me and we can speak freely, but like can push each other. It's just, even when I was in the best shape of my life, I had a gym buddy for years. And if it probably wasn't for him, then fuck man, I probably wouldn't have gone to be real with you, you know, because sometimes like we can find all the strength that we need, but we also know ourselves well enough to say, Hey, I do need some help. And like, just, I need that extra push because when I have somebody there, not only do I feel accountable for myself and I feel accountable for somebody else. And that's how I feel like as a dad, having a son is like, okay, but, but I haven't been able to connect with anybody that sees and understands my vision and has been through similar things. And that's why it's been weird because like everything you've said, like I've almost experienced in a similar way. So like, I already see, like, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I can already tell you, like, I want you to, to partner with me in some way. Cause I'm, I'm, this is where I'm at with money. I'm at a point where like, I know how much I've gotten by on a very little amount and I know how much I need and I know what I want. I just want enough to have good food and to be able to provide for my son and to have enough to get by. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have to have a lot. And, but I also, the other piece of where I'm at is I know what I'm worth. Same thing with you. And I think almost that we've gone through this test of like, life testing us is like, all right, let's see how they act or respond with little finances or little funds or hard tribulations, you know, because I think it's been a test to see how, how you will receive that gift later on. And, and if you're able to accept that, because again, like you said, there's so many people that's got these resources, man, that can at a flip of a finger, like make a massive impact. Um, and it's not changing the entire world, but it's a, a section of that, which then ripples out. I mean, you got all these celebrities and everything, man, that just massive and massive amounts of money. And like, here I am just like, man, if I had a hundred thousand dollars, like I could live all fucking shit, 30, 40,000 easily and like bare minimum. And then just the rest, just there's so much you can do just with like 50, $60,000, like shit. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I think independently, we've been building these skills and experiences to be able to receive that. And I can't believe I just yeah. left my mouth because I've been trying to tell myself, because I, I feel like something just around the corner. I'm like, all right. Like, and it's weird because I've got that. I don't know if you've probably got the little CoStar app. So I look mm-hmm. at that and it basically is telling me today. That, it said today, this is funny. It says, um, and this is kind of how I'm feeling, which is really weird. Today, you're able to climb to the top of the mountain. This isn't the result of some magic concoction. It comes from the years you've spent learning how to deal with the unknown. Letting it all go will serve you well right now. Mm. It's powerful. You know, like it's just, you have to tear down walls when you're shut down. You don't have to punish yourself for respecting order, but you have to be intentional about it. Forget about playing marbles in the bottom of the boat. Row, row out to the darkness. The general theme of your life during this period is to get free by transforming your surroundings. A ravenous appetite for yourself is no small thing. And that's something I've been building for years and years and years, man, is like, because like you, like I had no self-love. I, ha- I hated myself. I hated my own mind. I tried to escape it. I escaped it through sex and working out and everything I could possibly do to avoid my own thoughts because I just thought I was fucking crazy. I remember being a kid looking at my brother just crying and just like, man, just saying, I-, I swear I'm not crazy. I swear I'm not. And so the-, the biggest thing for me now is like, I'm starting to realize I'm not fucking crazy. I've got a lot of things that are valuable again, like you said, that aren't mine, that's just been gifted to me that I've maybe earned. Again, I'm still working with like being confident with saying things like that, like being worthy of receiving something, you know, even with compliments. Because even growing up, like people are always like, oh, you're an attractive person. But like, I always hated that because I'm like, what the fuck did I do to, to look this way? I didn't do anything. You know, I was just fortunate enough to be, to be born and, and, be what society would say, like, oh, you're a good-looking human. Like, what, what is there for me to be cocky about? Not shit. I didn't do anything to, to attribute to that, you know, unless that, you know, like, just our avatar is our avatar. And I think we our avatars go to, like, to help us in certain ways as well. But, again, it just it, it ties into me not being able to uh, really just accept myself, man, and just... I mean, hell, I'll probably get emotional on you too because it's bringing a, a lot out in me. Because uh, I've been my whole, my, I've been my worst enemy my entire life. Um, you know, because like going the experiences you went through and the experiences I've heard other people share with me recently, like I didn't experience a fraction of that. You know, I came from a a family that was remotely in order. You know, my parents argued and shit like that, and that created some trauma there. But I can no way, shape or form sit here and try to have some pity party for Lee's life when everything on the external was great. My whole war and challenge has always been internal, always. Um, and it, again, it was for a reason, you know, like I was fucking licking carpet floors. Like I, my mind was sitting there telling me like, oh, you got to do it three times. Talk about feeling crazy, you know, and then overcoming these things and doing all that shit. But still in the back of your mind, like, it's all kinds of noise and chatter and, and wild shit going on, but it's for a reason, man. It's for a purpose. And I mean, it, and I think too, is a, a big part of this is me learning patience. Cause I am so impatient. I have been impatient in the past. I've been wanting things to appear, you know, even with my creativity, cause my creativity was squashed as a kid. 
I'm finally able now to try to flex my creativity and even something like simple as photography that I really enjoy doing. I expect me to be from zero to a hundred real quick. I expect myself to be amazing really fast. And if I'm not, I get so hard on myself and I'm like, you fucking suck. And then just, I stop and I've got to stop doing that. And I think that's, that is why this has been gifted to us because it's something that uh, is bigger than us, but also something that we see is, 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 is the most important thing, man. And it goes back to the kids. And I swear to God, like, Having my having my son and him just being almost eight months old in a few days, I mean, kids are the purest form of consciousness. It's like we come here and we know everything we need to know and it gets fucked. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is what messes with me with like free will and predetermination because like things have to happen a certain way for the story and the plan to like play out how they should, right? The, 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 the play and the show must go on for it to reveal itself how it should. Mm-hmm. So at this point, we got to, like you said, feel this acceptance and, and responsibility of being, and again, I even hate saying this because you see all these people in the spiritual community like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the chosen gifted one to send all these messages, pay me $500 for one set, a one hour session. Shut the fuck up. Like, it's shit <laughs> like that that pisses me off because they sit there and they hide behind these false illusions and fake messages and fake facades and all this stuff when when in reality, they're just good marketers. They're good at lying. They're good manipulators. It's psychology. <clears throat> they're playing with the human mind. And it hurts me so bad because, like, especially then that's what pushed me away, especially here. Like, and I didn't even want to do coaching. And I really still don't even because we only can really help ourselves. And that's why I told you I loved your tagline because it makes the most sense that I've seen out of anything and anybody trying to explain what the fuck they do because you're like, look. I'm the spiritual catalyst that's just simply here on your path. It helps guide you figure out who the fuck you are and helps you align to what you actually are trying to do. I'm not coaching you. I'm not teaching anything you don't already know. I'm just helping you reveal those things within yourself. Boom. Mm. And you don't have people saying that shit. You have all these illusions and lies and all these things going on. And it's not right. It's not fucking right. And you're playing with people's money. You're playing with people's conscience. And most importantly, paying with people's spirituality that's really subjective and really personal. Mm-hmm. And that's what religion did. And that's the same thing all these motherfuckers are out there doing because religion, they took the personally subjective subjectivity out of it and said, you know what? You have these crazy experiences with a guy with his headphones and a fucking cap covering his eye. You're fucking half psychosis. You're wild. You're fucking crazy. Like, you're, like that's what they've done. And that's what these people are doing unconsciously not knowing thinking their egos in the way were like oh i'm doing better i'm helping the world when the key point you said the entire time is like i mean it just it it it, it teaches me a lot because you're like i don't i don't have to do it. i want somebody to do it this isn't mine this isn't my idea <clears throat> that's what the guy said about the the mushroom um micro meditation he has he said he got a download and a message that this is what you're going to do kind of whether where you like it or not and he even was sharing in the dialogue that he had a, a, a an idea. He shared it with some people. They thought it was trash. A couple months later, they were like, this is great. And he his ego got in the way and said, oh, that was my idea. And then he paused and said, you know what? It's not my idea. It's just something that came through me. And it's now coming through them because they're realizing it. And that's what I really respect about what you're saying because, like, these thoughts and ideas aren't ours. We're just these vessels that are just spatting out. And that's why we've been created and – and look and sound and act a certain way because it's like all this 
alchemy formula to be able to project the message in just the right way. You know, and that's exactly. the gift. And that's the gift you have, man. Like, hell, that's the biggest reason I wanted you on the podcast because, I mean, you're inter- you're really interesting to listen to. You're easy to listen to and you explain and break down things mm-hmm. really well. And that's what great speakers and teachers are able to do is take very complex things and make them very simple and make very simple things even simpler. And you do that really well, man. So, I mean, you've gotten to see a personality in me that I don't show to a lot of people in the last, however long we've been talking on this rant, but like, this is the only time I really get excited because most of the time I've learned that I'm, I'm a big introvert. I forced myself to be an extrovert my entire life. Uh, Again, escaping my mind, escaping myself, but I've gone, I too have gone in this hermit mode. And in the past, when I would do it, I'd go in depressive states because uh, I, I, I didn't know why I was going into those modes. So, but now that I do and I'm comfortable being there and enjoy being there, then this is when all the cool shit happens. And when I get out of my own way, I mean, cool shit can really happen, man. It's like I've been told multiple times from people and voices in my fucking head that you went through what you went through for a reason to come out on the other side to be able to properly articulate this. Um, and our message really aligns in both of those ways, especially with mental health. Cause I'm, I mean, it's just, that's just something I'm fed up with, man. I'm tired of fucking people putting labels on kids. I mean, you said it beautifully earlier, man, just how it takes the power away from people. It take, I mean, you're already like, they're saying fuck you to your, and, and again, some of it's unknowing, right? They don't mean to, it's what they've been taught. It's what they uh, perceive as truth. And they think just because it comes out of a fucking book or they've got a, a six year degree that it's, it's valid, man, that's been the hardest thing with me with a fucking kid. I'll go to these doctors and they'll feed me all this bullshit. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, like they've got the most outlandish things and they look at you like, you know, cause like even vaccines, like I haven't vaccinated them and the kid's been so healthy, man. And yeah, don't people, vaccinate them. At some point, vaccines probably didn't make sense. They probably did help. But again, we try to play God and do these things. And somebody came in with ill intent and fucked it all up, you oh, know? Yeah. <clears throat> and so I've seen him just, you know, oh my God, you talking about flipping out? Like if something ever happened to him that was outside and, and that's something I'm having to deal with too. And I'll shut up after this. Good. So thank you for allowing me to, 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 to flow and borrow the mic for a second. Cause that's why I like podcasting. So I can just listen and ask questions. I try to not talk, but this got me fired up. So thank you. That's another thing I'm trying to get better at not apologizing, but saying thank you instead of saying, I'm sorry. Right. Yes. I'm, I'm aware of what I'm doing. So I'm thanking you for allowing me to do this. Um, but that's something with me, man. It's like, <laughs> I know I can't control his life. I know I can't control everything that goes on, but I can do my damnedest to, to, to make an impact and just let things naturally take its course. Cause like, again, having that Scorpio Virgo thing, like I got these control tendencies with being obsessive and all this shit, trying to control and manipulate the environment, the conversations and thinking 20 steps ahead and blah, blah, blah. But again, back to what I was saying with these vaccines and all these things, like, you know, it's, it hurts because, it creates this division, no different than what we're seeing with these masks. And so I went in Best Buy earlier and like I was forced to, and I just didn't even want to debate and argue. I just didn't want to like create any hate. God made me take a mask. I didn't wear it. God goes out of his way. Like I'm in the store for 10 minutes. Hell, if I had it, y'all, y'all, y'all infected by now, apparently. <laughs> um, and he's like, 
put your mask on. And I'm like, I'm good. And he's like, it's our policy. So he throws the P word out, right? The P and the L word, law and policy. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, man. You know, because it's just sometimes where it's like, I don't know. I don't look at it as folding, but it's again, it's no fault to people's own. It's just programming and things that people are unconsciously aware of. And it's not our responsibility to change the world, but it's our responsibility to expect better. It's our responsibility to set the bar higher. It's our responsibility to say, you know what? That's fucking stupid. You know, feeding your kid this, that's fucking stupid. Teaching your kid this fucking stupid saying the kid had has ADHD and you've locked him in a room for eight hours of a day. Again, I've trained dogs my entire life. Same thing with a dog. You train a puppy for two or three minutes and you're done. Why? Because the puppy will say, fuck this. This is boring. And they'll clock out because they're so young and their attention span is so limited. And guess what? They always win. Guess what you don't do in school. You don't always win. And that's why people make fun of these participation awards and all this other shit. But you're sitting there giving kids grades at fucking, Hey, you just failed this because you got something wrong. That's like me slapping a dog every time they don't sit when I teach them to sit when they're just learning. And they're like, fuck, I got to do this or else I'm going to get beat. Well, fuck, I got to do this or else I'm going to fail or else I'm going to get made fun of or else I'm going to be behind the rest or else I'm going to get punished when I get home or else or else or else. So I don't know where half of this just came from. I swear to God, like half of what I just said is is new thoughts. Um but thank you. And that's, that's what I've got to say about all this, man. Like, I think this has shown me now more than ever how, um, passion, cause I don't get like this with anything else in my life. I swear to God, you can mention anything. And I like, I don't get excited. Like, you know, even spirituality stuff, I think it's cool. I think it's great. I think what we talked about, like, is amazing, but it's how we apply that. You know what I'm saying? It's that deeper. And that's why I love talking to you is that deeper, meaning it's not the foo-foo fluff that makes everything that we're talking about look bad you don't gotta go play mm-hmm. dress up and uh, slap your gong to be able to like <laughs> channel it. i mean it's all tools man it's a feeling that you create so it's like i'm so tired of people putting down other people and criticizing things for the way you know everybody it's subjective man it's so subjective same thing with kids we let kids be they know exactly what they need to know and they know why they're here and you can capture all that. And that's why I'm so ready to be able to, to communicate with him even more outside of me, just like looking in his eyes and hearing what he's got to say, but helping facilitate that. And I think we can do that with a lot of kids. Oh yeah. And this is definitely why, you know, we're connecting this now because uh, something that I've learned uh, mostly within like since 2017, because this is when I was like, obviously like uh, opening my awareness to understand people and who are the people that I can trust and what are these qualities right and I've learned this because um of course I've been used and abused by a lot of people in the spiritual community who are all about the fluff and then you have pure intentions and they just want to take from you right um and then they they try to you know find ways to hurt you and you're just like you can't you know what I mean like it's not even like that like come on we're we're on the path like why am I gonna waste my time you know like doing you know sending bad intentions so there's been a lot of that that's happened of just people and then you know they their ego gets in the way and then I just I've learned that I can't trust people so now I've learned on the qualities the only way that I can actually trust and how to sense that how to discern Mm -hmm. that energy and you know for you like me talking to you and hearing where your heart is I can trust you because I feel you the sincerity of your heart 
and how you're not about like, oh, you know, because of the money and because of the recognition and, oh, this is mine, you know, put my name on it. No, that's the people that I don't trust and I don't want to work with because they don't have pure intentions. They are not truly, you know, selfless. They're, they're still self-service. They may think that they're selfless, but they're not. It's still only, they're only focusing on themselves. And I can't, I've learned this. I can't do that because what they do is they try to use you and take from you and then dispose of you. And then like, you can't do anything like that. And I, I've learned that and I've had, I've had those experiences happen to me um, to realize that not everyone that's dressed, you know, spiritually mm-hmm. and, you know, higher consciousness and this and that means that they're about it because they still have, this is why we talked in the beginning of, you know, the nature, right? They still haven't realized that they're still acting on these nature this nature that is selfish it's mm. ego based still you know they're too stuck on their their name right their appearance their brand and then they forget they forget and then they, they they weren't ready for that success because maybe this was a desire they had in a past life to be famous and well known and in this lifetime they made that happen you know and they did just hide behind a spiritual mask and this is it but they're really not doing anything. They're actually part of the problem because Mm -hmm. again, they're just, they're just, they're doing the same thing the elites are doing. They're dressing themselves as heroes when in reality Mm. they have, you know, intentions that are not appearance. So this is what, you know, the divine, you know, the universe has been showing me and now I can discern that. And, you know, by us connecting, I can feel that your sincerity and your purity of heart and like everything that you're being is expressing like this is, this is someone, you know, like you are someone that I really feel as part of, you know, the people that I'm meant to connect with and, you know, do these greater things Same. to help in this time. So I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for opening up and, and sharing these things and, you know, bringing out your passion in this because it allows me to really like, even just my own things that I had, like you, you just brought it out again into my consciousness of like, Hey, just like, remember like that large plan of what we're doing. And, you know, here you are, you know, uh, verbalizing that to me again. So that's just a confirmation of, and right now we might not exactly know how it's going to work out, but because we've set the intention, we've connected and now we're speaking on it to the universe. As we continue to take action, the things will line up. Yeah. I agree. We don't know how yet, but they will line up. And this is, that's the beautiful part of the unfolding of the mystery. Yeah. And that, that's been the biggest piece that I've been learning to enjoy, you know, just learning to let go of that and, and be okay with, with a surprise, right. With, with not knowing because with the right intentions, we'll be taken care of. We, it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's gotta be, but just to, to put it in perspective, you see these people that monetarily can do great financially and then not do anything in the world. So that's how you know right then and there. It's not, it's not about, you know, like if we want to go and create some mindless business right now, we could do it. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing stopping it. You know, same thing with you. If I want to go, I talked to a guy the other day or a few months ago and he was bragging about how much he, money he made. He made like 600 some thousand dollars when a storm came through or something in a short amount of time for fucking, tree stumps chopping down like grinding tree stumps right and he, and the first thing he mentioned like the first 15 minutes of his talking is how much money he made do, doing that 
And so I think that's another way of showing like, Hey, like it's not about the money. It's not about material things. And that's something that's been telling me in that app as well. It's weird. Um, you know, that's not to measure yourself with that. And it's, it's been hard because again, having a son and not having that financial freedom to be able to provide, but he's got everything he needs. Good roof over his head, food every day, like everything is taken care of. Same with me. And it always will be. And, and I think with what we're going to do, we'll be taken care of, you know, we'll have everything that we need. And it's, and it's okay to live that abundant life. And again, that's something the spirituality crowd plays on. They talk about abundance and manifestation and all, but it's always about material things like, oh, you want to manifest the dream car or the house, or you want to 10X your business. I hate hearing shit like that. Yeah. Because you know, they're putting so much emphasis on the manifestation of, of more money, but not the manifestation of what you can do with that money. Exactly. exactly exactly and it's funny because as you said that (laughs) i just received like a text of a client and as you were saying that like it just manifested it it just and the number was three that popped up so (laughs) it just (laughs) that's why i thought it was funny with your email because that's my number is three man and so i've been seeing a lot of three 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 four 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 and five i mean it's all got their different meanings right and who knows what it means Mm -hmm. synchronicity in general but my number has always been three it was 12 and then became three um, well, is, 12 um, is three, because if you add two and one, it's three. Right. Uh, and then you can divide it and all that. And, and it's just really strange. Um, <laughs> is that what you're doing full time? Are you coaching full time? Well, the thing is, like, I, you know, to me, full time, like full time, oh, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, in yeah. My, I'm on my like, here's the thing, like when I let go of uh, like my old life, that meant like I let go of any way of like uh mentality of even how to work you know mm. um so then i i just surrendered myself and then i, I got abused basically I, I i got abused for labor um and doing spiritual work too so i was doing it all for free and then that went obviously like it hurt me but at the same time it helped me because it, it gave me space for me to like be able to be in the traumas and do the healing um but then when i came back into society my thing was like okay how am i gonna do what I need to do when now I have like negative, I have depth, you know what I mean? Like I have nothing. So I have to trust. I just couldn't, cause, because I, I, the thing is that when I let go, I surrendered my life to, to God, to the universe, to use me. So I just said, whatever happens, it's okay. I'm going to lose everything, but I know that what I'm going to gain within myself is going to be the true power mm-hmm. because then you know how they say, like when they say, okay, if you have, a billion dollars cash will you take the cash or will you take the mind of the millionaire or the billionaire who creates that mm. well i'm the person that i'll i want the mind that can create because i can do you know what i mean this is infinite so i knew that i would let this go but because i had willpower and i was devoted to my path and i was just razor sharp i knew that no matter what obstacles came my way no matter what sacrifice i had to do which was you know living in the mountains with no food no you know all this stuff that i experienced hardship that no matter what i experienced i would come out exactly the way i need to come out and i would succeed and all the projects the major world projects that that you know that had the visions of some way somehow that they would flourish exactly the way that they need to and um of course things didn't go as planned because then you know i didn't receive any money of anything and then this is when i came back into the matrix and then um that's when I actually around that time I, I completed deep healing internally and this is when 
and I actually uh, I met my my she's now my wife, but she was in Australia and I was in California. And then we met halfway, we met in Nepal. So I, I had zero money wow. and I manifested enough money for a one-way, well, for a one-way ticket to the East. And, um, you know, we're just surviving on it for two people with like $2,000 for two people for like almost four months, um, oh, wow. stretching out the money, you know what I mean? And uh, when I came back, I had zero dollars, but I had a job waiting for me already. I got linked up again, just by me sharing my truth. Um, and then I got linked up with the, the organization that I told you about. And I was there just part time. And um, then actually, I was really like, you know, they were really seeing my potential and, and whatnot. And in one month, I went to like five different, no, not five. It was like three. And like, literally, as soon as I came back, I already had speaking gigs uh, that were all related with sharing my story, you know, and, and all these things. And then this is how I got in. But then I, like I left, you know, after the whole pandemic thing, I just was like, cause I thought what I was going to do now, I had to wait five years and work in California because I, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. that pandemic re reminded me like, not just sooner than you thought, like now it's time. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what I'm doing right now is like, you know, I, I'm not, cause this is a, just like you, right. I'm like that, like, it's hard for me to even get back into this business mentality because I killed that mentality. But now I'm learning balance because we do need finances, right? So I've been working on fixing this relationship on where I'm not going to do things for free like I used to because I realized when I do that, like people take advantage of me and they use me and my sacred energy, it gets abused, right? And that's part of learning boundaries, healthy boundaries. So now what I'm doing is I do have... Um, I have coaching clients and I've decided that I'm only going to work because the thing is I'm not here to make a bunch of money because I don't even need that much money. I just, with where I'm going, I won't need any money actually because all I need is money first to invest and it's super cheap from there. Everything is going to be self-sustainable. So there's no need for that. Right. And I want to teach people how to like, not like first free yourself from your mind, heal yourself fully. And then manifest that as well and sustainably live where you don't need to be in the matrix anymore. You could fully mm. free yourself from all of that, you know? And as I'm doing that, um, I'm attracting right now, what I'm doing is I'm attracting the souls that I'm meant to connect with that are here to assist truly pure souls with pure intention. And um, this is where, you know, everything that I'm doing, because I am a, a Reiki master teacher. So that's something that I'm stepping into as well with like teaching and act, reactivating and reminding you know, uh, souls, how to fully activate your multidimensionality and how to master your own energy. You know what I mean? Um, I and how to heal yourself session. and how to open up these channels. I just had my first saw, session a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. Yeah, I saw that you had a post on that, that you had your first experience. Yeah. And um, it's really powerful stuff. So, you know, this is something now that um, I'm going to be doing it now. So, and I've, I've learned this too. Um, I'm not just going to be, you know, like a lot of people market themselves and they want to take on a bunch of students and activate everybody. I'm not like that because I know the dangers when you awaken somebody's Reiki, they could have a psychosis because they're not ready. They're going to go crazy because they're not going to know what's going on. They're not ready yet. How can you do that to somebody? I've seen people lose their mind because it was too soon. So um, I'm very, very, very selective on the people and the souls that I'm working with um, because um, 
I'm not here for numbers. You know what I mean? I'm here for the few individuals that I'm meant to activate. And I want, I'm attracting leaders, you know, because that's, that's the power right there, you know, quality over quantity, because when we have quality and, and people that can really harness the sacred teachings, the sacredness, it's only a few people that can do that, but we just need those few that can be the wisdom keepers of the heart, the sacred truth that is protected, that we can then, this is then when we can, you know, pass this on for the seeds that we're planting. Because what's happening is that right now we have a flood of, you know, spiritual teachers. There's so many, so many now. But what does that mean? Does that mean that, you know, they're really, no, they haven't embodied, because think about it, the world that we're in right now, and you have like over, you know, a thousand healers, right? Why are we still living like this? Mm-hmm. Why is what we're talking about? Why is that not already created? If mm-hmm. we have all of these healers, you know, why? Because they haven't anchored in that purity yet. It wasn't time yet. That's why we're now here, right? The underdogs <laughs> to really clean up the mess. It's only like, let's even think back uh, anytime we think of any uh, messiahs, right? They're always outcasts and they always only have 12 disciples. And out of all those disciples, they probably all turn on them and maybe one's loyal. Mm. You know what it said at the top? Speaking of just messages, I hate to keep bringing up this app, but it says you're not for everyone. So it's so <laughs> funny you said that. Cause I've and it's got true. Of that because again, we want to make we want to make an impact. But you just reiterated that point that I needed to hear. That reflection is that you don't have to sit there and serve everybody. That your message isn't for everybody. Exactly, and and this is why earlier, you know, thank you so much for complimenting me on you know you feeling like I'm a speaker, like I'm a great speaker, and how I can deliver the message because my struggle has always been like, I feel like no one listens to me. I feel like I'm not being heard. I feel like my message is too complex. How can I break it down so everyone can comprehend it, you know? And it's been a struggle for me. So for you to compliment with me me on that, I appreciate that. And that's because, you know, we're on that wave. And this is what I'm learning is that just focus on the few, you know, those that are meant to hear your message and really hear you then that's who it's meant for. Because when we focus on the whole, on numbers, we get lost. Mm. And it's not about your following. It's not about how many clients you have. Because again, you can have 10 wives and you can cheat on all of them. And they could all cheat on you and just use you for your money. You could have a mansion, all the cars. For what? It's garbage. But if you have quality, it's eternal. Mm. So the rest, again, it's just the illusion. And this is why I know that you're a sincere soul that I can trust because you're not in for the fancy stuff, you know, you're not in it for your name and your fame and your glory. You know, you're in it for the truth, for the cause. And that's a pure soul. And that's how that this is, this is why, you know, I know that we for sure will be connecting and these, all of this will manifest, you know, in divine time. We don't know how yet, but it will manifest. It's meant to be, and it's coming soon. Yeah, I felt more reassured with trusting and letting go um, in this very moment than I have in a really long time because, you know, you've just helped remind me of that because, you know, again, sometimes being impatient and, and 
not not falling into old habits, but but just again, like maybe the good words expecting, like, oh, I know what I want to be doing. I know this is what I'm going to do. I know my intentions are pure, but I expect to get there faster. I expect to get there this way. Um, when that's not how it is, you know, and it's just a really big reminder for me is that we will be taken care of. Um, and that we're good people. I think a big, a hard thing for me was just realizing I was a good person. Cause I don't know why. And I don't know why, if it's because my mind always went to dark places or I would have like really dark thoughts. Um, I think as a kid, I would tell myself I wasn't a good person because I would never act on those things. And and I would always feel my conscious speak to me. And like, even like you mentioned earlier, like just using people. I did that so much, man, like through women, I would just manipulate and use and like get what I want. And like, just like to even say that and like think about it, like it hurts really bad because I know that wasn't me. But it's something I experienced, I think, to show what we aren't it's meant to like almost show i saw somebody say the other day that the universe never because i always thought i always would think the universe tests us right but she said the universe never tests us you know it, it's it it spends its time doing other things better things but what it does do is show us contrast it shows us where mm. we are and where we're supposed to be so like going through those painful moments like you've shared and like i've had and people have had it's not a test because I, you know, I always think we're like being tested. I always thought that was cool. Like, Oh, here's a test. Like see if you'll take the bait, but it's more so maybe again, all this is perspective. So who knows, but maybe it's showing contrast of where you're at and where you're supposed to be in that darkness or that um, space is just that's contrast. So I don't know. I thought that, yeah. I thought that was really interesting to hear. It put I like way. both because I feel yeah. like both of them pl- go hand in hand, you know, like the test and also the contrast. So right. I feel like it's it all, like you can't have the in. contrast without the test. And then you can't have the, again, the hermetic philosophy, man. Like that's what's <laughs> trippy to me. And um, why well, I've, you know, been trying to look into that more and just, again, it, it goes back to anything too. Like even all these spiritual teachers or even like, say if somebody hears this podcast, right. And compares your experiences like, wow, like, she's some ex- extraterrestrial beings. She's had like experiences, da, 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 da. But again, all that's subjective. Cause I used to do it all the time. Like you, you know, like when you first get in the spirituality realm, for lack of a better term, you see all these people that do play dress up or have, you know, or do whatever. It's all subjective, right? It's how, it's how you feel, but then you feel like that's how you got to be. Even mm-hmm. if it doesn't resonate with you, like, Oh man, like I need to go out and take this or do that or, wear this or whatever when that may not be the case where there's so many subjective tools because being the alchemist you can pick whatever you want whether it's crystals meditation psychedelics they're all tools and so what may work for somebody may not work for somebody else so i think that like it's great when people hear that and like are able to sit there and say like you know this is where i'm at this is what i was meant to to experience and it doesn't have to be the same it never will be the same so I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, but that's exactly uh, that right there though. That's something that um, I always tell people like, don't get, you know, when you meditate, you're not here to see lights. You're here to sit with your shadows. You're here to, you know, meditation is about paying attention to what's coming up in your mind. What's feeling, because a lot of people 
you know, they get too caught up with the fancy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the part where I'm really, I, I'm very grateful and blessed that, you know, I, my, my nature was that to, to not get caught up with that because immediately like, uh, you know, in 2017, I didn't go for that fancy stuff because I already knew like, I could feel it within myself like that is still illusion. You know, people are too caught up in the illusion. So to me, I was never attracted to that. And when a lot of people were just wanting to talk about like astral travel and this, like I just felt like people were too caught up in that. And I needed to just actually get to the source. Like I needed to remember Mm. really why I'm here and to anchor in that love and that truth and that compassion. And to me, that was the most important thing, not about, you know, all of these things, because I'm like, no, all of that, like, it's always here for us, you know, I'm not going to focus on that. I need to get to the root of it. I need to truly like get to the truth because that's the most important thing, because it's like when you're watering a tree or watering a plant, you don't water the leaves, you water Mm -hmm. the root, the root, if you water the root, it feeds the whole tree. Now you got everyone just watering leaves. What's that going to do? Nothing. The tree's going to die. You're not watering the root. You so that's just what, always what I was trying to say. That. <laughs> you just say what I, the point I was trying to make. That's it. Like, there's nothing in any book, the Kabbalion, the whatever, the this, the that, that we we don't need to. There's nothing out there that can benefit us more than what's in here. And that's exactly. probably been the biggest thing I've learned. Because again, like those people that maybe do know astrology. I mean, astrology is a little different. Like that can, it's a, that can be used, but like do know astrology really well or, or have read all these books or, or have done all this research. That doesn't make them more woke or more conscious or more anything than anyone. It's about what's inside. That's been the biggest, the biggest shift for me because I always felt like, Oh, I don't have anything to teach anybody because I haven't done enough research or haven't, done enough this or haven't done enough that but like the experiences i've had is that's what makes people eligible i think to share is like it's not about what you learned or read it's no different than what you know doctors do right it's taking all this outside information but like you said get it. i mean that was a beautiful way to put it like watering the roots being your inner self versus everything books and you you, know, you can watch all the youtube videos in the world share all the memes in the world you know I'll follow all the Instagram profiles in the world and it doesn't make you more, more conscious than, than any other thing, man. It really doesn't like, cause what is intelligence? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is, what is intelligence? To me, intelligence has always been awareness, but it's not knowing things. It's mm-hmm. applying that. It's a, how aware of you of what's going on with you. Cause again, exactly. it's so subjective, man. We share a, a reality, but it's, we have everything's a subjective reality exactly and you know to to kind of just like uh like end this whole thing (laughs) here's a beautiful part check this out the problem with today's world is that everyone is still stuck in their own head right we're too stuck in our head and what is intelligence intelligence is intel information coming Mm -hmm. in to your mind your human mind right you take it in but if your heart is not aligned if your heart has a lot of greed and regret and these feelings and and it's not you haven't developed the sacred heart like mm-hmm. this is why you know if, if we look at um piece, like images of jesus what is jesus doing he's pointing at the sacred heart the heart you know it's in here huh. in here because you can have the like you know the person that has all the money they have all the labels they have they could have you know they could be expert astrologers um they could be they, they could have read every single 
book on different spiritualities. They could have the biggest library. They could be having a company that, you know, sells products that are supposedly like amplifying you, right? And what is it? They just have a bunch of book knowledge. That's it. Book knowledge. And they've devoted their life studying and questioning and studying. But they actually are, this is why they have all of this because like, you know, all of, they could be having the luxurious life of the, you know, successful spiritual teacher. But in reality, they haven't cultivated this right here. Mm. It's just an image. Again, it's just like Hollywood actors, you know, they're only playing an image and they're still caught up on the external. They haven't actually cultivated this and this, the heart, you don't cultivate it in this life. You cultivate it throughout timelines, lifetimes. Mm. And that's why with you, you're way more advanced than most of the people on Instagram or social media, whatever outlet that has a huge following and, you know, is probably like certified in like 20 different types of modalities to heal. You, I can tell this right now with full security that you are more advanced than those people because you have something that they yet have to find within themselves. And that's actually a true heart, you know, pure, a pure heart with pure intentions. And that's the most valuable thing because that's the only way that you can actually connect to your highest, to the supreme, is through the heart. That's it. Mm-hmm. This will play games on you. It's here where you enter. That's why, you know, again, Jesus would point, Yeshua would point, you know, heaven is within here in the heart. I always wonder why the mind did that to us, does that. And the mind is an instrument. That's what it's supposed to be. The mind is just an instrument to receive intel to receive intelligence. And then it's the heart. The heart, this is actually the true meditation will always guide you to the heart. When you feel like crying emotion, you can experience God, not through vision, through feeling. Mm -hmm. Through feeling. And when you have shivers and goosebumps and tears come out, that's God manifesting right there with those Mm -hmm. tears. Not your fancy, you know, I saw these lights and, you know, these extraterrestrials or, you know, Arcturians or Pleiadians are speaking to me. Nah. That, that could be illusion, you know. That doesn't have a name. It doesn't have a name. It's only felt, and you, can, you can't even describe it. That's real. Mm. And only the heart allows you. And you even feel the expansion of your heart opening. And where you feel so much love and compassion that you just want to cry because you want to just hold the entire world in your arms and just love them, you know. That, that's true spirituality and that's actually being human which of course right now the majority of the world we've been disconnected from being human so everyone's trying to be god (laughs) everyone's trying to go from like skip the human aspect and trying to become a god when they haven't even learned to be human how can you get to god if you don't even learn how to be human Hmm. you get through you 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 find god within yourself by learning to be a real human being And then you can become the Christ, right? That Christ consciousness through your own being and having the heart of gold, that love and that compassion that is just beyond this world. Now you're truly anchoring God, God's love within you. And then you become that vessel. Like you become the Christ, you know, you anchor in that frequency within yourself. That is ascension. Not all this, you know, people are too caught up, you know, 
in the mind. It's just mine, you know, too caught up in other dimensions and this and that. But, you know, those dimensions are inside of the self. <laughs> but they get too caught up, you know, too caught up in dimensions. Not to discredit that because there are dimensions within ourselves, but, you know, again, it's like they get too caught up watering the leaves and not the root. I'll never forget. So that. you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, Lee. And just anytime that you feel unworthy, just place your hand on your heart and just feel into your heart and just like breathe into that and just remember like all that love that you hold inside and, and the intentions that you have, you know, that those pure intentions that you have, that is worth more than gold, you know, human gold. And that's the most precious thing about you. Hmm. I really appreciate that, man. That was one of the best things I've ever heard. And I'll never forget that. I mean, hell, I'll never forget this conversation and there's many more to come, but uh, as somebody that likes to talk, I'm kind of at a loss for words after that. And, we we've been on a roll for a while so i appreciate you sharing your your time with me man and man that that was a beautiful way of putting that like i i don't even have a response to be real with you um, let's just let that sink in you know that's our hearts that because that's what it is you know right 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 now what you're feeling speechless that's that's the truth but our mind it wants something to reach right that's the illusion and that's why we always feel like I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not there. But we could just be in the heart and feel speechless. That's it. That's it. And then it's what you do with that. You know, what do you do with that after? How do you integrate that? How do you take action? And that's the human experience, right? That's our challenges. Yeah. That's so true. Well, for everybody, if they've made it this far, when this gets launched, where, where can they find you? How can they well, contact right now, you? Yeah, right now, I mean, most of my links are all on my Instagram handle. So it's just uh, under at Ananda underscore Jess. And um, I have my podcast as well. My podcast links are on my link tree handle as well. And the, the podcast that I recently started is called Shifting Paradigms. And it's literally just all about, you know, this major shift and just sharing tools and my own experience. And I've been right now this first series, and I would love to have you on for this first series where um, I've been, you know, bringing on people that I've been connecting throughout the journey and just kind of sharing the gold nuggets um, that have helped them for their journey and something to share uh, that will help people, you know, along this ascension right now the shift that we're going through yeah i would love to and this has been an amazing conversation i think it's one of the it's one of the things that i mean everything needs to happen but i mean this definitely needed to happen and i can't you know say i appreciate it enough and we've got many more conversations so so this is <laughs> this isn't the end i've always got to remind myself that like always like it's like a breakup, like, oh, I'll talk to you soon, I promise. But like, this is just the beginning. So it's, this has been amazing. And so, I mean, I really appreciate it. And so for everybody that's uh, listening, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate you taking the time and hopefully you've made it this far throughout the show. Uh, if you haven't, then you've missed out on a lot. And so this has been another recording of Who's Behind the Mask. <laughs>